Hey everybody, welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. Today's date is June 24th, 2015. I'm Robert Ring. With me are... No one, apparently. Robert Ring? I don't, Robert Ring? I don't I don't say your names. I'm Blake Corey. Jay Totoro. <laughs> and I'm, I apologize that my voice sounds a little bit, or that my microphone sounds a little bit weird. My... Like, actual mic basically stopped working for some reason, and so it's apparently the monitors that are picking up my voice, and it doesn't sound as good, I don't think. Robert, what number of the podcast is this? Sounds weird. This is 39, I think. Okay. Are we getting something special for number 50? Uh, I mean, it's a while. I don't know, we could like top 50 reasons we hate Metal Gear Solid. I could easily, I could do fuck 500 if you want to do 500. We could do like a, like a naked version. I'm okay with that. Topless, topless. Well, no, Blake's not allowed to do topless streams anymore. Remember, <laughs> got to cease and desist for that. <laughs> cease and desist those nipples. Too many panties. Too disruptive. Got dropped, Too many. Sir. We, we can't. <laughs> <have> it, <man. laughs> Too many guys were uncomfortable with their boners. <laughs> Why am I watching this? This is so attractive. Why can't I stop watching this? <laughs> uh. Uh. I feel like I was about to say something else, but I don't remember. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I would hope something else. <laughs> you can go that same route. This is awkward. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, everything, your um, your week's going good. Anything exciting or cool happening with you guys? Uh, uh, I just got back from California. I don't have much. For Lisa's wedding. It's pretty fun. Lisa's wedding? Lisa's wedding. Oh. She married her dog. Oh. Just kidding. That was pretty cool. Um, it was cool. It was fun. Mm-hmm. How, how's California this time of year? Humid and hot as balls. We were in San Diego. It's pretty fucking hot. So just like Arizona except humid. Yeah, which anybody will say is 100,000 times worse. Dry heat is amazing yeah. compared to humidity. Mm-hmm. Humidity is just awful. It's just terrible. Here, where I live, it always rains super hard for like 30 minutes and then the sun comes out full force and it's just like evaporating off the ground. It feels like you're walking through a seat oh. if you go outside. Oh, that just... And it's, yeah. and it's also like super shiny. It's like blaring in your eyes. That just sounds terrible. Yeah, see, like, I, I could not be able to... I can handle really hot, dry weather here and like I can't really handle cold weather, like 60 degrees. I'm usually wearing like a jacket or a sweater. But humidity is just awful. Oh, God, I can't stand it. Humidity does kind of suck. Uh, it's starting to get pretty hot here too. Like, yeah. we're going to that rel- horrible rel- time of the year. relatively speaking, huh? We're trying to get that horrible time of the year. Yeah, Just gotta start it. cracking those windows. All right. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. I don't think we had any news really happen, so you guys just want to talk about games? Oh, well, um, yeah. Have we talked about the website oh. that I'm using yet? I'm actually, I'm actually joking. There's, there's, there's some, there's lots and of there's E3 happened. I want to talk about E3. Are you freaking kidding oh, me? Oh, right. E3. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't that much happening. Oh, yeah. Nothing got announced that's been, everybody's been waiting for 18 fucking years. This is no. like what, they literally made dreams come true at this E3. It's insane. I'm All right, so Blake, why don't you lead us on the E3 discussion? Because I think you probably watched it more, or you're, you well, picked up with it better than we did. All right, so let's talk about the smaller stuff to start off with. Um, yeah. I mean, 
there's so much that we could talk about. We could do an entire podcast about E3, not retro, not retro stuff, but uh, to touch on a few things. Um, Mario Maker looks yeah. pretty cool. Looks kind of fun. Does it? Um, it actually does. Really. And I'm not it's, the kind of person that would spend time doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, neither am I. I might like get it and play some of the levels that other people make, but that's about as much as I'll do. What it is is that um, it's basically you create you can create your own Mario levels, and with that they give you the Mario tools from like six different generations of Mario. You've got the original Mario. Um, I think they've got Mario three. They've got Super Mario World. Uh, they've got some of the newer ones as well. It's really shaping up to be something cool, which is why I think it's semi-retro related. You can you can access all those old games basically and make yeah, yeah. games out of them, make levels it, for them. It is hitting a perfect market too, because like a lot of those games are becoming pro- popular now, where you like create your own stuff and like yeah, I, I think yeah. they're gonna do very well with this. This might be like one of the smartest things they've done in a long time. I think. Yeah, yeah it could be. successful. Aside from that, Nintendo kind of blew it. Um, the Nintendo yeah. World Championships were really cool, but. Oh, was their it? actual conference, which wasn't a conference at all, it was basically a Nintendo Direct. It's a pre-recorded thing, and uh, it was just there was no good announcements. Nothing big came out of it uh, because they're saving up all of their stuff for either GamesCon or Tokyo Game Show. I don't um, think they, they had everything ready too. That's the other thing. I think didn't they well, say that? they're not planning around it. They don't care about yeah. it that much. Same as SquareSoft or Square Enix. Oh my God! Yeah, that was depressing. Um, like both of them are just like, we're saving up our big stuff for this other event. And I'm not sure why, because E3 is the much bigger event. I as watched far that as I the other two. Yeah. So Nintendo and Square Enix are kind of doing the same thing there where they had a few things where like, Hey, check this out. All right. We'll, we'll see you in a couple months with their real stuff. Because, uh, the, the big warning sign here was that Nintendo didn't show anything off for Zelda. Nothing yeah. about the new Zelda on Wii U. And we know that they've got information on it they could give us, but they're saving it until one of those other big events. So whatever. Um, aside from that, uh, the other conferences were okay, and then came Sony. Sony was pretty much okay. worse off in a nutshell, too. That was the other thing that was really annoying. Well, like a little bit. Like, they had a couple things that they touched on from Square, but, like, even their opening. Like, when they opened... With the last Guardian, mm-hmm. I knew that this was going to be a fucking conference. For those that don't know, oh wait, hey, hold on, real quick. I have a question about Nintendo. Real quick, fast. All right, we move on. Did they say anything incredibly stupid like they are prone to do from time to time? I mean, probably, but it, it just. I think Sony did. That out. guy, the Sony representative, seemed like a bag of douche. That guy. That there was, was like, a few really bad people. <laughs> he was awful, really? man. I had to mute him. He was so. What was wrong with him? He just seemed like a big bag of douche. Like, he just seemed like a bro douche. Like, he was like this fat, white guy, and he just... If it's oh, the man. one that I'm thinking of, he was actually... He's pretty cool. He did the conference last year um, where they announced, like, uh, the when the PlayStation 4's price was going to be lower than Xbox. Like, when they came out and they were like, oh, yeah, everything that we have is the antithesis of Xbox One and everybody lost their minds. Was he the super hype guy? Um, the guy that was like really excited about the smallest shit? I don't think... Like, he wasn't I super think, hype. I think I'm he was the wrong a, guy then. He wasn't chill. Yeah, we might even have a different guy in mind. There was a I, few... I noticed... Eggs during Sony, though. I noticed that, to me, it seems like Microsoft tends to do that. Like, they'll, like, get someone out there who they think is, like, super cool, 
Mm-hmm. Like you can tell, like he's just like the it might have been Microsoft. Picks, like, I, I just oh, this guy, one guy's been stand. All the cool kids are gonna think we're cool. <laughs> this guy presenting, and it's like just don't even like don't even try, like who can like just get out there and like, tell us what you're doing. Don't try to like convince us. Don't try to like pick somebody that you think is cool. Because first of all, you can't do that because you don't know how. Second of all, just like all right. Uh, to, on that point, and then I'm going to get back on track with the games. They did that really, really badly with Disney Infinity. Holy oh, really? crap. <laughs> the guy that came out for Disney Infinity was the most faked person I've yeah. ever had to see on a stage in my life. I've seen plays where the people acting there seemed more natural. This was This guy was awful. He was up there, like, the whole time. He literally went... And more. Oh, <laughs> like, nope, nope. How is that done. not a meme? <laughs> I I don't know because everybody yeah, just really. facepalmed too hard at it. It was it was bad. <laughs> cringe factor. Oh, oh man, it was so cringe. So it Sony's conference, in my mind, they completely won the show for a lot of reasons, and two of the reasons have nothing to do with me personally. They opened the show with Last Guardian, which is a spiritual successor to uh, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. Two games that I do not care about in the slightest. But Last Guardian has been talked about since last generation, I'm pretty sure. Last console generation. It was supposed to be a PS3 game, and it kind of showed in the preview. Um, They rolled the trailer for it. Well, trailer. It was um, gameplay, it looked like. Uh, Not pre-recorded, didn't seem like. And uh, it looked like a very, very well-done PlayStation 3 game. It did not look like a PlayStation 4 game, though. But the fact that they finally announced it after teasing about it for like a decade, uh, that was pretty a pretty good move on them. And they opened their show with that. So as soon as they did that, I was hanging out with people, talking with them about how E3 was going, and they were like, how are they going to top that? And it's like, <laughs> if they bring out Last Guardian first, you know they've got some big shit coming. Yep. And then All right, so what is it. the – hold on real quick. What's the big I, – I know that Last Guardian is like this huge hype machine type game, but I don't I don't really know anything about it besides that. What's the big deal about Last Guardian? Shout out to Colossus. Well, well it's Colossus by the great. same team, by the same main guy that was behind Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. It's okay, the, okay. Art, it's the artistic feel of the games, basically. They do absolutely nothing for me, so I have zero hype for Last Guardian but I'm hyped for other people to be hype about Last Guardian. Right. Okay. Um, it's it's going to have... it, it Just from the sh- uh, what they showed off of the gameplay, it looks like it's going to have a very similar uh, feel, um, atmosphere-wise and gameplay-wise, to Shadow of the Colossus and Ico as well. So, yeah, people kind of understandably lost their minds about that. Uh, the conference went on. The other two big announcements were uh, one that completely caught me off guard was the announcement of a new Shenmue game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, That's pretty... like, the, they started rolling the text on the screen, and then it said Shenmue, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It, it's actually going to happen. The trilogy is going to be completed. Again, um, this is another game that I care about not at all, except uh, it's part, like, it's an icon. Shenmue was on the Dreamcast, which is one of the only systems I've never owned, and uh, it was uh, it was a trilogy, and it basically paved the way for open world sandbox style games and uh, QTEs. It was a completely Sorry. revolutionary game at the time, 
and it was supposed to be a trilogy. But the third game, just to make uh, one of the first two games, took like $50 million or something, which especially back then in the mid-late 90s, that's a lot of money for a game. Uh, nowadays, we're used to seeing $300 million put into the big AAA titles and shit. But back <laughs> then, that was in an insane cost for a game. And mm. now, they came out and they announced Shenmue 3, like, a decade and a half after Shenmue 2 came out. And people lost their minds. It, they were asking for the Kickstarter, they were asking for $2 million to start. They hit $2 million in less than 24 hours. Damn. Yeah, it's uh, the last time I looked, it was around three point five or three point six million, and it's still got another week, two weeks to go, something like that. Oh shit! So that's done pretty well. Uh, and then yep. the other big, big, big announcement that some of us kind of saw coming, and I'll talk really? about that more in a bit. Uh, oh yeah, Final Fantasy VII HD remake. Who saw that coming? Um, I mean, I mean, we all hoped. We've we've hoped for a long time. This was actually I've I've semi expected it to be announced at every single E3 until this one. And when we got to this E3, I literally on stream because um, I was doing a restream of the uh, the E3 conferences and stuff on my stream on Twitch. And uh, I told my chat I was like, it's not going to happen this year. This is the <laughs> one year where I don't I have no faith in it happening because they had just announced. That the PC version of the game was being ported to PS4. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. That was like two I was like, that first. doesn't make sense for them to finally announce the HD remake this year. That'd just be silly. And then what do they go? What do they go and do? They do something silly. So fuck me. <laughs> well, um, the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Once it started rolling, I didn't believe it was. I didn't think it was Final Fantasy VII at first. Me either. Until the very no, end. Gonna, yeah. Until <laughs> until they the showed. Until they showed parts of Midgar, and I was like, that's gotta be Midgar. Because leading up to that point, I assumed it was like... chills just talking about it right now, just so you know. <laughs> up to that point, I was just like, oh, it's a Final Fantasy XV trailer. We've got all this technology around here. There's some beat-up stuff. This kind of looks like the themes of Final Fantasy XV. So it's going to roll into that. It's a preview for XV. Cool. And then it got to the part with uh, Eris wow. oh, going Eris. down the slide. And I was like... Wait, what? Did that was that the slide from the slums in Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> and then it started panning out and showing Midgar, and I just started going, "No way, no way, no fucking way!" And then I started to get teary-eyed, and yep. uh, they were talking about a promise that was made years ago and all that shit, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I lost it. Um. They finally are going to be doing Final Fantasy VII HD remake. Um, I'm just hoping it's not like a decade later than they should have. <laughs> That's a good point. And I mean, it's something that all of us pretty much agree on. Like, I can go back and play the original game now, and I can get through it just fine. Um, graphically, it sucks. And that's because it was released so early in the system's life, in the PlayStation 1's life, it looks like ass it just looks like complete ass um even by the the standards of then the blocky characters didn't look so good i still love the pre-rendered backgrounds though those are still gorgeous um but the blocky characters have always looked terrible and it's one of the games that really does deserve 
some kind of an HD remake because uh, graphically uh, it's just aged very, very poorly. So, well, like, okay, so I I was thinking about that, and, like, I was kind of wondering if I'm going to kind of miss the old goofy, blocky graphics in, in lieu of the more, like... I don't think I so. I guess high-def <laughs> stuff, like, because that's... Like, I kind of like that about it. So, how much have you heard about it so far, Blake? Well, what they're going to do. Basically, they're changing up some of the story and gameplay, Mm -hmm. and I'm really worried about how much. So am I. Um, Obviously, I kind of saw it coming. If they're going to do a remake of it, they're going to change some stuff, especially so that it ties into Crisis Core more, which I'm not a fan of Crisis Core, so. I'm not really? too happy about that part, but I understand it. Well, th- also, somebody I was talking to somebody today, they were talking about, you remember the parts where, like, you go to the inn and you just kind of sit there and beat off for 30 minutes and let everybody talk? Like, they yeah. can't do that anymore. You can't do that in games today. So, like, stuff mm. like that has to go away. Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Do you, so, do you, you guys don't think this is, because, like, when I heard this, I was like, well, this is what we've been asking for, clearly, but, like, I don't know if I actually really... I'm ready to we want it. It's like it's like asking somebody to marry you. You want to do it, but you're nervous about what's going to happen. Like you know, yeah, you want got it my for a while. fears about a remake of it because of stuff yeah. like, okay. oh, we're going to change up some of the story. Mm, yeah. Don't say that. Yeah, because right? they're yeah, they're it's more they're not just doing graphical changes, right? They can't. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. the other information that they've released about it yet is uh, th- there's been stuff I've heard. Sometimes they say like. Oh, we're not working on it right now and stuff, but it's like it has a release date. I assume they're doing something with it. What's the release date? Uh, sometime in make, 2017. They said they're going to okay. make uh, more announcements at the end of this year. That's what I heard. Yeah, Towards yeah, they're in December. They're going to make more announcements about it. Stay okay. tuned until December for more news. It's like, I t- come on! Uh, I have that much. Well, patience, it's, it's a lot of the same team for the original one, right? That's what I've heard so far. I have no idea. Okay, I've heard it's... That. Okay, I should confirm it then, because I've heard from a couple of different people that said that. Hmm. But, okay. That would I be good. That would be nice. Know. Yeah. <laughs> but I heard they are going to make a lot of changes. That's the thing. Because they have to. Like, I don't order... Because it doesn't order... need that many changes in the other areas, I don't feel like. Sure, if no. you want to tie it in with Crisis Core more, I get that. Aside from that, the story doesn't need too much uh, to change, and then, um... Ma- like, gameplay what would possibly need to change there? Also, here, I want to close out the FF7 talk with one last idea. High def chocobo races. Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh. High def golden mini, saucer in general. Maybe the mini games will be good on this version. Blake, what if they made it online? I would be so pissed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. If they tried uh, to make it an MMO. <laughs> No, 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 like, you have to be connected online to play it and, like, interact with people. Oh, my God, dude. I, oh, God, I'm not... scaring myself. They're going to ruin it. <laughs> They're going to the fucking closest, ruin it. The closest thing to that that would ever happen with this is they have some sort of, like, stupid uh, always-online DRM, but, like, they would not have it to where it's like, everybody's yeah. in a giant chat room. Like, that would... They, well, would they won't They're... do anything like that. There's no way. Yeah. They're not that stupid. Can you hold me, somebody, please? I'm scared. 
Like, given how bad they've trolled us with the Final Fantasy VII stuff over and over again throughout the years, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, their next announcement in December was just like, just kidding, we're like, it's only on iOS. <laughs> kill yourself, oh, kill yourself. God. Oh, don't ever say that to me again. There was actually <laughs> one other announcement. There, Okay, there's one other big announcement for me, and then another big uh, retro announcement. The other big announcement for me that I got that I got to touch on that I've got to mention is that they're making a new Nier game, and I really marked out hard for that because I did not see that coming. Nira? Nier, N I E R. Was that? It's this game that came out on uh, 360 and PS3, and it's a story about. Um, in I think both American versions have this, where the main character is a father and his daughter is sick and he's trying to save her and you find a talking book and then things get really crazy after that in the japanese versions as i recall um the ps3 version has you playing um a, a younger boy and it's your sister who's sick and then in the japanese 360 version uh he is the father there and then the version they brought over to the states for both systems was the version where you're you're playing as the father, which was a very 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 touching story. Overall, the gameplay of the game is like it's this amalgamation of all sorts of different things. They pay uh, homage to like uh, top down shooters. They've got action RPG elements. They've got like a text based uh, story event where it's just all text on the screen and you're like making these choices on which room you're supposed to go to and stuff. Um, yeah. It's basically a big homage to a lot of different games, and then the story itself is uh, really, really, really well done, and the music is absolutely gorgeous. It's an amazing game with some extreme faults, uh, but it's one of my favorite games ever, and they're making a sequel to it, even though the team had been dissolved before. Uh, so I'm super excited about that one. And then uh, the, fi the other retro thing that they announced, that was announced at E3, that I can think of, was that Earthbound Zero a.k.a. the original Mother, came out on the Nintendo eShop. This is the first time oh, yeah. that uh, Mother, or Earthbound Zero, as we know it now, it's the first time that it's been commercially available in the United States. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an old Nintendo game. It was the prequel to Earthbound, which we did get. And uh, it finally made it over here, and that's given a lot of people hope that Mother 3 will also be uh, localized and sold on the eShop as well. And that maybe that'll help uh, that'll help a Mother 4 finally, finally get made. That's a lot of people's hopes, but I don't know if uh, that'll ever happen. Um, I don't know what I was about to say. I think it has something to do with Final Fantasy. Some, something on Metal Gear Solid. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, Are there any Metal Gear Solid announcements? No. I no. hope, I hope in, uh, I'm backtracking again just because I didn't want to inter interrupt Blake earlier, but I hope in Final Fantasy VII that they don't, I hope that Cloud is still like goofy fun Cloud and not emo Cloud. Yeah, that's my worry. Because he's, everybody gives him shit for being emo in FF7. He's not emo in FF7. He's emo. Uh -huh. And Advent Children. And, and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. And Hearth. Kingdom Hearts, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and he's but like they're also going to have voice plucky. actors. Oh. Mm. Yeah, he's plucky. He's plucky in um, Crisis Core. He's like this oh, okay. 
super pumped kind of let's go save the world kind of attitude in Crisis Core, you know. <laughs> and then through a lot of FF7, I think he's more like goofy and some, sort of goofy and snarky a lot of the time. Yeah. I hope he's... So if, if I'm really hoping they don't rewrite him to be uh, basically Kingdom Hearts Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, how cool did Kingdom Hearts look for the first 15 seconds of that demo? And then you're like, oh yeah, Disney characters, right? <laughs> did how, yeah, how did Kingdom Hearts 3 look? It looks cool, but then you remember that there's Disney characters in it, and you're like, oh yeah, never mm-hmm. mind. What if they did, like... Visually, like, it, it looked really, really good. Um, yeah, it did. The, the, the grass and everything really in the great. area where they were at looked cool and all. The fighting looked and, really yeah. visually cool, like... Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this one's going to be good. <laughs> I, I can't see it. I'm sorry, but like the story is really, I feel like it's derailed pretty hard, but I don't, I didn't play anything past the second one for that reason. Like I just didn't. Yeah. I've played kingdom hearts one and two and I did not terribly enjoy either experience. I've never had any interest to go play chain of memories and all the mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's for the game boy one. Uh huh. Yeah. If you want the full story, you got to play that. And it's like, no, I'm not buying your other system. Nintendo. Stop it. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, I love the visuals, like, Kingdom Hearts, if if you've listened to, like, if you've listened to all the episodes of the podcast, or if you've been listening for a while, you know, it's no secret that I did not enjoy the time I spent playing Kingdom Hearts, but I loved, I did really love the visuals, uh, like, I almost am kind of tempted to go back and play it some more. I mean, yeah. for me, that game should be on my top three for for today. Like, it was really cool when it first came out, but it just does not hold up. Oh, anymore. that would have been on my top three for sure if I had played it when I was yeah when it like first came out. Yeah, definitely. Um, used to really enjoy that game. Recently, you used to really enjoy that series even. Any other E three stuff? Um, not in any that I think are worth going into on here. What about you guys? Can you think of anything? No, I've got, uh, well, I've got some non-E3 things if we're done with E3 stuff. I'm good. Let me double check. I've got a website coming up. I mean, I'm... So you, you have a website now, Blake? Uh, no, not my website. Oh, okay. I thought you said you no, had No, I'm a looking website. at a website. Okay. Um, well, earlier you said something. I was like, wait, you have a website? <laughs> well, my stream. Well, that's... Yeah, sure. Um, Let's see here. We got um, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain... Which I, I was not that impressed on the first viewing of that trailer. Like, it was an okay trailer, but it wasn't as good as a lot of other trailers have been. So I was kind of uh, let down that I wasn't wowed by that. Let then down. there was a, um, a new Fatal Frame, I guess. I've never been big on Fatal Frame. Uh, Final okay, Fantasy fourteen, Heaven's Word, which I'm I heard it's really good, by the way. I've heard nothing but good things about it, and yeah. I hate all my friends for playing it. I think it's it's a, they, I'm so proud of that fucking series though. Like honestly, like the way that they did it and the fact that they're catching up to Blizzard and they're gonna pass them soon, it's pretty mm-hmm. fucking nuts, man. Like yeah. they're the first ones to even get close. Yeah. It's okay, really you know, I guess there is one other big thing that we should talk about out of E3, and that was pretty much the Bethesda conference as a whole. Oh, uh, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I that was a that. big, big day zero for E3. Um, I mean Fallout Four. Yep. I've got some things that I'm not too happy about that I've seen with it. Mainly that they seem like they're turning it into the um, the dialogue wheel from console RPGs, from stuff that Bioware's done. 
And I don't like the dialogue wheel. I like a list of options instead of, here's your good option on the right side, and here's your bad douchebag option. <laughs> um, I th- I'm really worried about that uh, dumbing down the gameplay elements of Fallout 4 a lot. Some of the other stuff looks pretty cool. Some of the things are adding in, like jetpacks, apparently. How much are we going to get to use the jetpacks, though? It's probably going to be mission-specific. Uh, sorry to rain on the parade, everybody, and be that guy. And then there is, like, you can build your own base, and it's, like, extremely customizable, which looks, which is cool. It's basically letting the player act as a dev tool to place a bunch of objects in the world. Um, and then your bases get attacked, and you can build defenses on them and stuff, which is nice. And then there is, um, like, uh, you can create your own weapons as well in-game. And... Oh, that's pretty sweet. I'm not as hype as for Fallout 4 as a lot of other people are, especially because it's being written by Bethesda, and I don't have a lot of faith in them. I liked New Vegas a lot more than I liked Fallout 3, so I'm waiting for oh, the really? New Vegas announcement, the equivalent, basically. Um, all that said, I'll probably be picking it up stuff. anyway. Um, yeah, and then I the other cool. really cool one that was announced was Doom. The new Doom, which looks to be a step back towards classic dooms as opposed to the shit fest that was doom 3 uh there there's no running around yeah, with a yeah. flashlight none of that stupid bullcrap uh none of those horror elements like that N- nothing Ooh, something jumped out and scared you kind of bullcrap <laughs> uh and then it it's very very visceral very like you're ripping demons apart constantly. You can, you're kicking them through the chest and stuff. Um, if they catch you, they can tear your arms off and things like that. Uh, it doesn't have... Yeah, that's pretty cool. It looks cool, but it doesn't have the swarms like the old Doom has that we saw in the trailer. That might happen in a stage that they didn't show us. That might happen a lot more often in the actual game. It's tough to say, but for right now, going off of what we saw at uh, at E3... Um, it's a big step in the right, back in the right direction, but it's not all the way there for Doom. But I'm looking forward to it a lot more than I was Doom 3, and I've never even been big on Doom. This is another announcement where it's like, I'm really hyped for other people to be excited about it, and it's like, this is awesome for you, congratulations. (laughs) This is awesome for you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Now where's mine? uh... And then FF7 happens, so yeah. Um, (laughs) I've I think that's about it for E3, though. I, I agree on Doom. I think it looks. It lo- I've I've seen very little of it, but what I have what I have seen looks pretty cool. Yeah. I could talk about another dozen or two dozen um, E3 announcements, but I, uh, most of them aren't retro stuff. So I think any that's any all awesome. one or two that are super crazy that just stand out insanely that you want to just get off your chest. Um, Cuphead looks really really cool. Uh, it's an indie game that it's like the old, like 1920s Disney art style. Oh, nice! Uh, it's it looks very cool. I'm interested in okay. it for sure. And then there is uh, this game. I think it was called Unraveled. Let me double check. Yeah, Unraveled. Was that there the one where the guy was like stretching that guy's face out? No, no. This was the one where um, you play as like a yarn. You're like a yarn character, kind of like um, Sack Boy, except instead of being a sack. Your yarn. It's got a very similar art style to Little Big Planet, um, and the idea of the game. What's funny? I'll, I'll talk about this one for a little bit. What's funny is that when the guy came out for his game, he was like, "We wanted to make. I wanted to make a game that's about how the thread of life connects us all." 
and I thought of this game while I was out camping with my family, and I was like, like that's the whole premise leading up to it. I was like, this sounds like the most hokey goofball <laughs> shit possible. Yeah, it does. Oh my god. You're rotting my teeth out here, man. And then he said he was away camping with his family, and I was like, okay, so you were as far removed from technology as you possibly could be. Another bad sign. And I was just giving him shit while I was talking my stream. And then he reached into his pocket of his jacket and pulled out the character, Yarny, the main character of the game. And you could see how nervous he was about the whole thing. And that's when <laughs> I was like, all right, this guy's genuine. I'm not going to give him shit anymore. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh-huh. I'll believe that you cool. actually... He he believed in his product, which I was like, okay, I'm there with you. Um, It looks cool. It, it, it looks okay. It looks like it might be a game that I might not have any interest in playing. Uh, it seems like it's, it's going to be very uh, artsy-feely kind of a thing, sort of like you get from um, uh, like Brothers Tale of Two Sons, games like that. Kind of like puzzly. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to have some puzzles. It looks great. Um, it's uh, uh, the trailer for it was uh, very pretty, but aside from that, I don't know, not too much for me. Um, then there was For Honor. Uh, for Honor is like chivalry in third person with knights and Vikings and samurai all fighting each other. It um, it's all tough right. to really give a description of it. It looks really cool, and the guy that came out to present it was like the most charismatic man at all of E3. It was pretty impressive <laughs> honestly he came out with a cane he had this big beard he had this nice smile and he knew how to deliver his lines it was i was impressed <laughs> nice. it was like the only person who gave a good presentation uh just based on him alone not also the product um uh-huh. and then there was a few That's other okay let's see here south park the fractured butthole uh a new <laughs> south park rpg game uh and then there was one more i just thought of but now I can't remember. Oh, Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, yeah. Looked, looked pretty okay. cool. Looked, looked cool, cool, but I heard from some people that were there at E3 and got to play it. There's, like, a lot of invisible walls and stuff right now, which makes flying... Like, their planes would just randomly blow up out of the sky for no reason. They didn't get hit by anything. <laughs> it just blew up, and they're like, um... It's a force field. Do do? <laughs> uh... Arkham Knight... Horizon, oh, another, another one shown off by um, Horizon Zero Dawn, shown off by uh, Sony, looks pretty cool. Uh, it, it looks interesting at the very least. Okay, um, I've got my eye on it. And then apparently they announced um, like a, um, a Transformers game that's being done by Platinum Games, the guys behind Wonderful 101, Bayonetta 2, Bayonetta, etc., etc. Uh, so that caught a lot of people's attention. And those that those same people, that same company, are also apparently doing the new Star Fox. Okay, all right. Um, I'm not big on Star Fox myself. I was never huge on it, but it looked. Uh, I mean, I'm excited for it because Platinum Games is working on it. That's I'm glad to hear that those guys are getting work for one, and two that uh, like I'm interested in any game that they're going to put out. Uh, then there was Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, and uh, I think Are you the last you? big one. Yeah, I didn't play de- the first Deus Ex until probably like five or six years ago, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad, and I played through uh, Human Revolution. Totally was that the loved most Human one? Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played that one as well. I loved Human Revolution. I thought it was great. Um, I think the last thing to really talk about for me from E3. 
I don't know how many times I've said that now, uh, would be No Man's Sky, <laughs> which is – it's another one where I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I don't want to get any hopes for it because it's going to let me down. I know it. And uh, what it is is it's it's this game that creates the universe. It's a game with millions of planets, it looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, what you do is you go and explore these planets, and you gather resources, and you upgrade your ship. And my problem is, like, when it first got shown off at last year's at E3, all it was was, look at how pretty, and everyone Look went, how big and vast Take it my is. money. Yeah, it was like, the game's huge, and yeah. it's very pretty. That means I'll just go exploring everywhere. And I'm like, that's not what I want. I don't want to just go explore things. And for you some people, that's going to be okay. I, yeah, I want some danger in the game. I want some conflict. I want some gameplay. Well, they also said, Robert, that it's very uncommon for you to run into people. It's that yeah. vast. Like, oh, cool. Okay. No, when I say it's huge, I, I mean it's huge. There are... I'm. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that there are millions yeah, of they planets say, in the game, yeah, all yeah, yeah. fully explorable. Yep. Um. It's at this E3 they showed off a little bit more gameplay. There they showed off some of like the gathering resources and stuff. But what more is there going to be to it than that? The goal of the game is apparently to reach the center of the universe. But to what end? Like, so why are we universe? trying to get there? What are we going to get on our way there? Um. So for me, I don't know. I'm I'm still not totally sold on it. I, I like where it's going, but I don't know if it's going to ever arrive to a place where I actually want to go out of my way to play the game. Again, this year, the only like, thing they showed is just how big perfect. it is, too. Like, they yeah, basically yeah. kept zooming out and zooming out and zooming out and just going like, oh, yeah, this is one of those, and this is how big one of those is. And it's like, okay, let's see combat. Like they showed. Yeah, the they landed on one planet where yeah. there were no enemies that wanted to kill them. There were some, like, sentry things that walked around some, but they didn't fight. Um, and then there were some fish under the water that they jumped into. And what they're saying, and I, I can, this is some PR stuff right here. There's no way I believe that this is going to be completely 100% true. But what they're saying is that everywhere you go, the biomes and the life on each planet, um, are, they're influenced and created by the resources and the elements that you find on that planet. So if they're, is a lack of a certain gas on one planet. You wouldn't be able to have this life or something. But then the way that these other elements come together, they make very unique life that's unique to this planet. And that's what I don't believe. Um, I don't think that you're not going to run into very, very similar creatures. Yeah. I think you're going to run into a lot of recolored enemies or recolored just animals. The recoloring. Oh, man. <laughs> and it'll be I'm sure that they'll put enough in the game that it won't be too offensive it won't be all the time at first <laughs> at first it won't be but it's gonna happen there's no yeah. way that they're gonna have mm -hmm. just unique creatures spawning everywhere I don't buy that I don't either yeah um I just looked up some screenshots of Cuphead and it looks really cool mm-hmm yeah so how about that so E3 this year was actually pretty cool. Yeah, this was a really good E3. This was the best the E3 ones. in years. Mm -hmm. I think for a variety of people too. Like myself, like I'm not usually a big fan of seeing all the new games that they're coming out with and stuff, but to see some of the, the stuff that they're coming out with from previous uh, titles and stuff is really cool. And some of the new stuff does look really cool, especially with all the new uh, hardware software coming out. With DirectX 12 coming out, we're going to see just how far graphics can go. Oh, mm -hmm. man. Um, the only other news that I have, it's not really too big news, but it's pretty interesting. So, so Bloodstained, the Bloodstained Kickstarter finished, and uh, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. It's kind of the uh, spiritual successor to Castlevania, 
it ended at four point two five million dollars. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah, they didn't quite get the David Hayter goal, but uh, they were getting there. Did they not? I don't. Wasn't that the five million? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me pull it up. Uh, while you're doing that, I checked Shenmue. It has forty five thousand backers. And it is currently 45, at thousand. Holy uh-huh, shit! Forty-five thousand different people. And it is currently at three point six million dollars raised, um, with twenty-two more days to go. Okay, um, David Hayter was eight hundred and fifty thousand. So wait, what? I thought smashed. What? What was the five million then? What was I thinking of? Uh, five million is there's a roguelike dungeon. Oh, okay. Huh. And then. Actually, wait, hold on. They could, wait, this says that... Hold on, let me see what it ended at. This says that they got that goal. Oh, whoa. I don't know. How, okay. The information I had was incorrect. It actually made over five and a half million. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, so they, they destroyed all of their goals. The last goal, the only other goal after the roguelike dungeon was boss revenge mode and I don't know what that means but they did that they got that also oh. damn so that's a they're gonna have a lot of work on their hands to uh mm-hmm. live up to all these <laughs> these huge expectations not to mention all of the uh extra goals that they reach that they have to add in now as well but anyway it'll be fun to see how this one does so is that it for news? Now that we've talked about I, news for like forty minutes, yeah. I don't say bad episode for that too because of E three. So uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, it. I think that's, have we talked about retro? Huh? Have we talked about retro achievements on here yet? Yeah, you talked about it last time. Yeah, okay, dude, I'm really like, excited about that. By the way, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. All right, so we'll get to that more now. Are we doing games now? Yeah. All right, who's up first? Not it. Not it. I don't care. I'll go. Alright, you get one hint on what, on what my game was this time. Metal Gear Solid 3.69420 No Scope. Uh, three, well, Metal Gear Solid 3. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was just kidding. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna sing, I was gonna sing the theme song. To see if I knew I knew Blake would probably be able to get it from the theme song, but I knew Jay. My life not for honor, but for you, <laughs> Snake Eater. Oh my God, Robert! Now, Jay, what Is I want it? you to do is I want you to go climb a fifty-mile-long ladder. Uh, <laughs> by the time you finish climbing that ladder, he might be done talking about. Are you done singing the song? This. I'm going to time this. It's exactly eight o'clock here. All right, go, Robert. Oh man, the latter part was great. Uh, yeah, there's literally a part in the game where you're climbing a ladder for about four or five minutes straight. And it's just you holding up while Snake climbs the ladder and it plays the theme song in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, that's, that's why I love this game. Like, if that sounds like funny and fun to you and you haven't played the Metal Gear Solid games, then, like, you're, then, like basically that that alone can be your like litmus test for whether this is a kind of game you'll like. If that sounds funny, then you'll probably enjoy this game. If it sounds just like fucking boring and dumb, then the Metal Gear Solid series is not for you. Would you agree with that, Blake? 
You still Pretty there? much, yeah, yeah. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, you are Naked Snake in this one. Uh, Naked Snake later becomes Big Boss, who ultimately becomes kind of like the main villain, is sort of, in Metal Gear Solid. Um, there are some caveats to that, of course. Well, not Solid Metal Snake Gear Solid. He's the main villain of Metal Gear 2? Metal well, Gear yes. 1 and 2, yeah. Yeah, but what I mean by that is, like, he's not actually a Well, he's character. the main thing behind a lot of the events, but I don't even know right. that I would call him a villain by the end of it all. Well, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, he but. kind of is, like, it kind of depends on how you view him, and it also depends a lot on what they do with the upcoming Metal Gear game. But, like, he's the leader of the bad guys, or he was until he died. Um, uh, Solid Snake and Liquid Snake were both cloned from him. So, I mean, it's basically like Metal Gear Solid 1, where you're, uh, where you're not playing as Raiden. It's, 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 uh, you get to play, like, a character that you actually like again this time. So that's nice. <laughs> uh, your mission, so, so it's, so... Because so because you're playing as Naked Snake, who's also Big Boss. This is set back in I think the nineteen uh what's what's the time period nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties I think isn't it sixties yeah, um I'm not good at history nineteen sixties <laughs> so this is kind of so this one like goes back it's like it took place in the past as far as the chronology goes of the of the overall story. Your mission is to like uh, go save this scientist in Russia, and it's the scientist who, like, wanted to defect to the United States, but he, they basically, long story short, they had to return him back to Russia, and he's being forced to help them produce a huge mega weapon, which basically is uh, a Metal Gear, and your mission is to go and save the scientist, and, of course, in typical Metal Gear Solid fashion, there turns out to be, like, dozens of twists and turns and, like, plot doohickeys and crazy googads and things like that that happen. Uh, the gameplay... Okay, so, like, it's got all of the Metal Gear Solid staples. So it's a stealth-based game. It's super... It's got, like, the super goofy and quirky, but, like, still, like, maintains, like, a badassery feel to it. Uh, very heavy reliance on cutscenes. Like, the first three hours of the game, I probably actually played for, like, 20 minutes. Uh, Jay, you'll like this. As I was as I was playing it during that period, when I like first started playing the game, my daughter Catherine came in and she was watching me, and she was like, "What's this?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a game." And so she was watching it for a little while. And after like twenty minutes, she I goes, like "Where this is going?" <laughs> she goes, "Daddy, this doesn't seem like a game." Uh-huh. Are you sure this isn't a movie? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Um. So, so the gameplay itself. So that's just that's to kind of give you the background on what this game is, what it's like. The gameplay is good. It's again, it's like it's a stealth-based game, pretty much the same as the first two Metal Gear Solids, except you are uh, the the setting is much different. You're out in the woods, crawling through grass and dirt and hiding behind trees and things, and like running around mountains and stuff, as opposed to like like military facilities. Like imagine Rambo, except instead of being like going around guns blazing, you're sneaking around. 
that kind of setting. And I mean, like, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 3 changed a lot compared to the first games because it added in, um, because you're out in the jungle, you're by yourself, you're isolated. You are trying to do what you can to survive. And a lot of the time, like, you'll run through some swamp water. And um, when you come out of the swamp water, you've got leeches all over your body. And so you have to go and get this menu. And in the menu, you've got it, you can bring out your cigar and you burn these leeches off of you. And you've got, like, each different body part can have leeches on it. It can get broken. You can get, I think you can get poisoned and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, yep. um, so to go along with all that, you're, like, gathering up all of this, um, all these materials from animals you find in hunting the wilderness and stuff. Like, you find and kill snakes. You find and kill other creatures that you find around there and uh you use these things to help yourself survive to take care of your body while you're doing this crazy mission and um the other big thing that adds is that uh does that do they have a hunger meter in that game i can't remember yeah yeah okay so that one does have a hunger meter too to go along with the you need to hunt and survive and find food kind of thing uh and then the other thing it does is it adds in camouflage so in the previous games, if you're hiding, yeah. you're hiding. There's nothing that's going to change about that. Um, in Metal Gear Solid 3, though, they add in camouflage, which is this stuff where uh, you collect different things. You collect different outfits. You collect different face paint. And you use those to hide better in certain areas. So depending on what you're trying to hide up against, you might want to have a different face paint and a different um, body camouflage, different suit on at the time to help you blend in more with this specific environment so that you can sneak around more easily. And it's a really, really cool addition that uh, I felt kind of got ruined in Metal Gear Solid 4 because of your stealth yeah. suit that just detects the ground around you. Um, well, that always that really ruined the feel of it for me personally. Um, but in is, 3, I loved it. I, I don't really dislike that in four. I mean, it is, it is sort of seem like super easy mode. Like you just, whatever you're sitting up against, like your camo changes to that color. But to me, like that just saves me from having to go into the menu, flip through all the camos and pick one. Well, the thing in three is it, um, I liked it because it promoted like exploring and gathering up these things and finding them. And like when you kill, um, which I mean, they still kind of have this in four. It's how you get a lot of the face paints in both games when you kill the bosses in specific ways. Yeah, if you do, if you, (laughs) yeah, if you do stamina kills on the bosses, then you get their uh, camouflage. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the camouflages do special things. I did that on all except for like two of the bosses, two or three of the bosses, I think. Um, And I didn't end up. I guess I, I don't know. I wore maybe like half of them. Uh... I also wore the American flag face paint through the entire game just because it's so <laughs> awesome. And you can also, you also have the option just to not wear any camouflage and he just runs around shirtless and like, it doesn't do anything. There's no positive. He's so manly that. though. Come on. How can you <laughs> well, that's the positive outcome is you get to see him run around without a shirt on. Uh, yeah. So they had that and they had like the whole kind of survival system. Like, so there's, there are very few, uh, like, items that regenerate your health for you. I found, like, three... They're called, like, life meds, I think, in this one. I found, like, three or four in the entire game. Uh, the main way you generate... You regenerate health is you keep your, uh... 
you keep your hunger meter full, which means you're not hungry. And as that's full, then your uh, your life gauge like slowly regains health. And as long as you don't get too hungry, you'll keep regaining health. So that's kind of that's how that works. And like as Blake said, you got to kill animals and eat them and hope that you're not eating like a poisonous frog or like hope the mushroom that you're eating isn't poisonous or something like that. And if, if even if you hang on for to something too long, it, it'll start to get bugs on it. Uh, and like you can still eat it, but like he might get sick and throw up or like he might get food poisoning or something like that. Uh, and then of course, like the whole first aid thing. So there's, there's a lot of that survival type stuff. Um, which I thought it was, I kind of went into this game thinking this is going to get old really fast, but it didn't, it, it's pretty painless doing all that stuff. Um, it is, it does take you a lot of extra trips into the menu system, but it generally goes pretty fast when you have to do all that kind of stuff. So it didn't put me off too much. Um, I did find that kind of overall, I wasn't as interested in, in the actual gameplay this time as I was when I, when I used to play it back when it first came out, I was basically more interested in progressing through the game and just kind of seeing what kind of crazy shit was going to happen next. Uh, I, I, like if I got caught in a, in a place, typically what I used to do is like, you know, I'd, I'd die or whatever and then try to go through it again without getting caught. But this one, if I got caught, I'd be like, oh shit, that's it. Okay. They see me. So I'd run to the next area as fast as I could. So that way, whenever I did die, I got to just start off like a little bit farther. Um, the, the boss battles are, were pretty much on par for Metal Gear Solid. Like, some of them are not that great, but there were, there are some boss battles that are really cool. Uh, The End is probably, or the boss battle against a boss named The End is probably the most famous one from Metal Gear Solid 3. It's this, uh, it's a sniper, it's a sniper battle. The, it's, it's you versus this really, really old guy who's, who's actually about to die. And you're in the woods. It's it's the area the area that you're fighting in is like three screens large. Well, not, not three screens, like three maps large, basically. And uh, he'll be hiding, trying to snipe you, and you're trying to run around and not let him see you and snipe him or sneak up on him before he can find you. Uh, it's a really cool boss battle because there's there haven't really ever been any other boss battles like that and also kind of, it, it it's really long and drawn out and it just feels kind of like this big long epic sniper battle as you're doing it and also there are cool things where like since he's so old if you uh if you get to the boss battle and save your game and and leave it just like leave it alone for like a sufficient amount of time which i think is like is it like a week or is it more like a couple days do you know blake i think it's a week and you can okay. actually do it just by modifying your system's game clock. Yeah, yeah, the system clock. If you do that, then when you load your game and go back to it, then you find out that he actually just died of old age and you win the battle. Um, there are there's there's another way of beating him really easily that's kind of spoiler. I don't know. Is it is it too spoilerish to tell? You think? No, I don't think so. No. So there's a cutscene, uh, and if you press, I think. Is it during the cutscene or is it right after the cutscene? It's right after the cutscene. Okay, it's okay. It's you right have after. You can't do it by hand. You can't do it. In okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that because I've never tried to do it. Um, there's the first time you see, well, not the first time you see him. At one point when you see him, there's a cutscene. 
Uh, and then immediately after the cutscene is over, there's a guy, there's a soldier wheeling the end out in his wheelchair. And if you pull out your sniper rifle in time, you can shoot him right then, then and kill him and just circumvent the boss battle entirely because you won't have it later in the game. Uh, the Sorrow was another cool boss where basically it, it's... The Sorrow is a ghost. And in this boss battle, he make you're walking through a river and he's making basically all the ghosts of every enemy you've killed in the game so far walk after you. And you're trying to dodge them in the river, but it's kind of difficult because you're walking in water and you can only move really, really slow. Uh, it's just kind of a weird, different type of boss battle. And then the, uh, the boss, which is the name of a character, is the final boss of the game. And uh, that boss battle is really cool, but what's... The best part about that is what it does for the story, which I won't spoil, but it's uh, it's it leads to really one of the best endings that I've experienced in a video game. Uh, and also the boss is just a really cool character. Like I playing this game, I would have to say that the boss to me, as as far as I can think of, it's probably the most well done female villain in a video game, and probably one of the most well-realized female characters in a, in a video game that I can think of. Because she's not like... I don't I don't really know what it is, but she's... I feel like they weren't trying to do anything... She comes across as a character that they're not really trying to do this or that with. They're not trying to make her, like, quote, an awesome female character. She's just kind of an awesome character, and she happens to be female. Uh... She really stood out as, like I said, just one of the more well-done female characters in a game that I've that I've played. Uh, the ending to the game is great. The theme song is pretty lame. What? <laughs> the, the game's theme song is pretty lame. Snake Eater is lame. It's it's lame in the awesome kind of Metal Gear Solid way. That needs to be specified. You can't just say, "Oh, that's lame." You're lame. Oh no! Well, it's 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 lame in the same way that like Raiden is lame. <laughs> no, no, uh, Raiden is lame in a bad lame way. <laughs> missing it all. Um. Oh, okay. So Ocelot is in this game, and he uh, he's in all of the Metal Gear Solid games. Yep. And you know, the only single character that's in every single one. Yeah, yeah. And he's really probably one of the. Probably one of the coolest bad guys in the entire series. Uh, but in this game, he is a complete tool. And it's really funny seeing him like start off as this extremely douchish character, but like knowing that he eventually really actually does become legitimately awesome. So he's got this he's got this thing he does. He's got this like group of soldiers that he commands. And the way he uh calls them out is he does like a really loud cat meow. And when he does that, when he does, when he goes, it like echoes and he does a hand motion and like all his guys jump out of nowhere. Uh, and in one boss battle where you're fighting him, <laughs> it's like his first time to ever use a revolver, <laughs> which is what becomes like his staple weapon throughout the, like his signature weapon in the series. But like it's, the first time you see him, he doesn't use a revolver, and like Snake tells him 
that his shooting style like would be better suited for a, a revolver. So the next time you see him, which is the first boss battle against him, he's got a revolver and he's talking about how exhilarating it is to reload in the middle of a match, in the middle of a fight, because he's never done it before. And it, every time, he, well, not every time, it shows him reloading some of the time, and it seriously looks like he's jacking his gun off when he reloads his revolver. Really? You're going to mention that and not talk about how that, that whole thing is like a giant reference to the first Metal Gear Solid? What? Well, the whole reloading in the middle of a fight thing and how, like... Oh, yeah! I never thought about that! Yeah, yeah go ahead. Like, that's the first fight you ever have against Revolver Ocelot in the series in Metal Gear Solid 1. It's... what? What is his line? I feel alive again. When, whenever he reloads. He's always like, I feel alive again. And oh, yeah! That's his whole thing. Like, he's sitting there reloading his gun in the middle of a fight, hiding behind a pillar from you. And um, mm-hmm. it was just to see where he got the gun, the idea <laughs> for the revolver from, and to see him kind of, like, uh, get into the idea of using it. And more of the characterization about that was uh, really cool in 3. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, it also looks funny when he's jacking the gun off. Because <laughs> um, he does it so fast. Uh, another thing that I thought was kind of funny is, um, so, like, there's CQC, which is Close Quarters Combat, and uh, close and CQC was developed, it's a fighting style that was developed by the boss, and she, like, taught it to Snake, supposedly, and it's, like, it's actually, like, really, I actually found myself really impressed with, like, how realistic and, and like, plausible it looked like it looks kind of like, like sort of a, like judo-ish with like a few maybe aikido elements and things like that. But like, basically, it's a way to like fight if you're in close quarters with somebody else who has a weapon, and it's totally believable every time they show it in a cutscene or something like that. But like, what I thought was really funny about it is they make this huge deal about CQC throughout the whole game and like how like unique and effective of a combat style it is. And, like, how Snake knows it real well, and the boss, like, developed it and taught it to Snake. But when you're in-game, if you ever use, like, the the melee attack buttons, all Snake does is punch, punch, kick. Punch, punch, kick. Punch, punch, kick. Mm-hmm. If you run up to somebody, he's like, use your CQC. So you start mashing circle. It's like, punch, punch, kick. The guy falls over. He stands back up, you do it again. Punch, punch, kick. He falls over again. I wonder if that was on purpose, just as, like, a goofy thing where they make a huge deal out of it, and then he just does the most basic hand-to-hand attacks you can think of. Like, I wonder if that was on purpose or maybe just some sort of, like, weird oversight that they didn't really think of. Well, it's more of like a... I can't think of the term, but it's like, he's really good at close quarters combat because we've taught him this special way to do it. Less... So it's more of a... a telling us by telling us. And less of a telling us by showing us kind of thing. I guess. So you think it's supposed to be like, because <laughs> like in the cutscenes he uses CQC pretty like much like it's depicted otherwise. Yeah. yeah. But like but in actual in-game. gameplay, it's like it's it's sort of like Devil May Cry in that uh, w- what you see in the cutscenes is is a uh, quite a bit different than what you okay. get out of the actual gameplay. Okay, I can I can. Because, like, in uh, Devil May Cry 3, you've got Dante jumping on rockets and riding them around. You don't really get to do crazy stuff <laughs> like that in the gameplay itself. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I think the only other thing I would say is that I was kind of surprised. One thing I had sort of forgotten about is how how so how much more like pure fantasy elements there are in this game than there were in Metal Gear Solid One and Two. Like there surely was that kind of stuff that goes beyond science fiction and like just military stuff like into fantasy elements. There there is some of that in Metal Gear Solid One and Two, especially uh uh what's her name in Metal, Metal Gear Solid Two where it's like the bullets can't hit her. Um, not fate, not destiny. <laughs> something, something like, like uh, something like one of those. <laughs> one of those things. But like this one really goes far, like a lot farther with that kind of stuff. Like the 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 guy who has the blowtorch. Like when you kill him, like a flame in the shape of his face like flies through the room, and just like a little and like there's a ghost character. Like I said, uh, that that surprised Orchid. me. It didn't. Huh? Sorry, I had to look that up. It's Fortune. Fortune, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one thing I had forgotten about, but it didn't really affect me one way or the other. Overall, awesome game. Like I said, the gameplay is still really good. I wasn't as enamored by it as I was back in the day. Um, but, like, even even aside from the gameplay, like, the cutscenes are why you're playing a Metal Gear Solid game, if you're playing it. Uh, and they they deliver. And the goofiness... Is uh is all is always fun and you get to see Revolver Ocelot jack off a revolver. Wonderful. I like how Jay's been one hundred percent silent this entire time. What am I gonna contribute oh, here? Okay. No, I'm here, oh, I've been here all the time. I did. I, did. I, did. <laughs> For all I was actually kinda of wondering. Jay, do you have any questions? No, I'm good. <laughs> here's, here's Jay's question. Good. Are you done? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But I, uh, is there anything I'm leaving out, Blake, or you think that you think, think my uh, think thirty minute rant pretty much covers it? Yeah. You, you should probably talk about. Uh... No, never mind. I'm not going to joke about it because then you might do it. <laughs> well, he will too. You mm. fucking know he will. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, I, no, I'm... I think no, okay. I went on still for... not as bad as Kingdom Hearts. Still not as bad as Kingdom Hearts. Amount. Not yet, but if you keep going, he'll get there. All right. All right, Jay. Me or you next? <laughs> Who's going? Who's it? Who's it? I'm in complete. Uh, yeah, no, you're going. Okay, all right. I need to. I need to I wake have, up. I was asleep. I have a lot of games I can talk about here. Oh yeah. Um, I've started doing the retro achievement thing, and that's basically all I've been doing for a while now. Um, on the stream specifically, I mean, I've been playing just retro games constantly and getting as many achievements in most of them as I can. I went through Super Mario World and I got all the achievements in that. You know, all right, first, before I get into the retro achievement stuff, um, Sonic 2. I hadn't finished it before the last podcast. I finished it oh, yeah. now. I don't have too much more to add on to it. Um, the rest of the game was okay. Uh, Wily, or Wily. <laughs> Wily Eggman Cody? slash Robotic <laughs> finally, in the last level, actually gets threatening his last the last oh, boss that you fight against as him is actually something where it's like oh man he's really trying to kill me instead of trying to <laughs> dump some water on my head <laughs> I love that. so i like that part of it uh aside from that it was an okay game it was awful. <laughs> uh, i still have a lot of problems with it that i'm probably going to readdress again once i get around to playing sonic 3 sometime um, and I'll probably do Sonic 3 and Knuckles, actually. You know, if you want a game with good boss battles, you should play Metal Gear Solid. Oh my god, I knew it was coming. Oh, man. 
All right. So the next big thing I yeah, did. Yeah, just ignore uh, him. I played through Super Mario <laughs> World, and I got all the retro achievements for that. And it was a lot of fun. The achievements, for the most part, were easy, mostly because I also know everything about Super Mario World that there is to know, pretty much. Um, I've played through the game probably a dozen times and gotten every exit in the game, so that wasn't too difficult for me. Um, they had an achievement for beating the game without dying. They had an achievement for beating the game in the shortest path possible. Uh, they got an achievement for all exits. They had all these other fun, smaller achievements in each world and stuff. Um, Super Mario World, uh, I don't know. Super Mario World is amazing. Uh, I also played through most of Super Mario Brothers 3, and I kind of want to do like a Super Mario Brothers 3 versus Super Mario World. What, where do you guys stand on that? What? 3 versus do- World? 3 versus World. Which one do you like more? Uh, I personally like three because I have more fond memories of it, but I don't know if the actual game is better. Uh, it's so hard to say. I'd probably go with three also. Damn. I think we all go with three. I, I like the variety of three. Specifically, I... Oh, man. The three remake that's in uh, Super Mario All-Stars with the updated graphics. Oh, my God. The graphics in the original are really hard to look at sometimes. Like how uh, Mario has his red suit, you know, but then he's got black overalls, and it can be oh, really, shit. really difficult to look at that sometimes. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little painful on the eyes, especially after playing All Stars. It's not like <laughs> the game is ugly and garish or anything, but it's not it's it's not that pretty either, especially in comparison to the Super Nintendo version. Between the two games, I think I like three better. And I'm, I'm basically having a comparison between the two to try and keep my game list down because I've got a lot of games to go through. So for me, Super Mario mm-hmm. 3 wins out because World is easy. World is really easy in comparison for the most part because of one oh, little yeah. thing. You can always get the cape and you can fly over every single stage. The closest thing that you get to that in Super Mario Brothers 3 is that... You can um, you can get the P wing, which only lasts for one <laughs> level, and that's it. It's uh, it's it actually makes you play the game a lot more often compared to Super Mario World. A great thing about Super Mario World, though, is that you can go back and replay stages as many times as you want. Oh, I didn't know that actually, or I don't remember that rather. Yeah, because in three you can't do that. As soon as you beat a stage in three, that's it. It's done. In yeah. world, you have to be able to go back and replay the stages because they introduced the alternate secret exits. <laughs> so to be able to get all of the exits in the game, you have to be able to go back and play the old stages, which is a lot of fun for me. I like revisiting some of the stages and going about them in a different way, looking for a new approach. Like when I first played the game nowadays, I know where all the secret exits are. But when I was younger and the game first came out, Trying to find all those exits and looking around for all these different secrets was really, really interesting and really, really cool. And uh, overall, though, I think I have to go with three um, just because, I, like, the suit variety. Um, the ability to have all these different suits to play as a hammer bro, P-wings, frog suits, all this stuff. They're just um, so much more depth, even if it is fairly shallow depth. It's a lot like... It's a lot like how you have all those camos in Metal Gear Solid 3. <coughs> oh, my God. Just keep talking, Excuse Blake. <laughs> <laughs> so, that'll... Uh, I'm just going to leave the Super Mario stuff off with that. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3, I have not gotten all the achievements in yet because the emulator kept crashing on me, and there's an achievement to play the game from World 1 all the way up to World 8 without using a... all the way through World 8 
without using a warpoint <laughs> the entire time. Wow. And I got to world seven at one point and my game crashed and I was like, fuck this. I'm not playing this on stream for a while. <laughs> well, I haven't really touched it much since then. Um, the next game I played through was Link to the Past. It had another really easy achievement list. The hardest thing on there was killing all, basically every boss without getting hit. Ooh. Which isn't without saving or saving. Hard. Um, there's a hardcore setting for the emulator so that you can, um, so that you can't use state saves okay. to get the hardcore version of the achievement. Um, the way that you do it in Link to the Past is if you get hit in the fight, you just use the magic mirror, you go back to the entrance of the dungeon, and then you walk back to the fight and give another chance. Wow. So, which can be very, very frustrating in some of those dungeons that take like five, ten minutes to walk through. Um, the, those were bad until I decided to start cheesing it with the magic cape. The magic cape okay. lets you turn invisible and it lets you still swing your sword. So you're completely, you can't be hurt. And all you have to do is go up and hit the enemies enough to kill them. Um, overall link to the past. It's still my favorite Zelda game of all time. Unfortunately, uh, the last two times I've played through it, I'm, I'm not really bored but it's easy to see how simple it is, which uh, this is another thing that happens because I know the game inside and out. I know all the puzzles. I know where I need to go to hit this switch. I know what tool I need to get to this location, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, and I talked about it some on the stream while I was playing through it. I just wish that they could nowadays introduce new interesting things to the Zelda games to actually make the puzzles difficult again. Because puzzles in Zelda games usually boil down to um, you've got a boomerang, you've got a bow and arrow, uh, you've got a hook shot. <laughs> you can probably use one of those to solve this current puzzle. <laughs> those items are just recurring over and over yeah. and over and over. And the puzzles in Zelda games are very stagnant because of it. Um, for me, though, Link to the Past, it's got this amazing atmosphere, this uh, art style, the world, all of it is just... Um, something that I'm always going to love, even if I can blow through the entire day game in two days. <laughs> Sweet. So, uh, so how many games did you play? How many games is that? What? Um, that is uh, two. four. That's four, and I've got two more. Okay. So, and I mean, Link to the Past for anybody that hasn't played it before, uh, it's it's about you play as Zelda, and you've got to save the Triforce. Uh, you okay. play as Link, and you have to go save Princess Zelda. Uh, in Link to the Past, there's this evil wizard, Aghanim, who's imprisoning Crystal Maidens, and you're the hero that has to go around and collect all of these MacGuffins so that you can grab the Master Sword. And then after that, you have to collect a bunch more MacGuffins. And the story of the game is, as far as I'm ever concerned, it's non-existent because the story is presented to you through the Crystal Maidens that you save through the dungeons in the dark world. And they all just... All they do is ramble on and on and on about the past, about the lore and all this. And it's just... For me, that's not what interests me about Link to the Past at all. I like the dungeons. Yeah. I like the gameplay itself. I like the puzzles, etc. Yeah. The exploring. Them trying to say, well, there were these 12 knights, and these knights fought the great... <laughs> darkness let's not try to pretend like, there's something mash about through, the history. mash through i don't care <laughs> yeah. um the next game i played through and i did 100 this which is one of the hardest things i've ever done was mega man x 
Uh, Mega Man X is the story of a robot who has emotions. It kind of sounds like this was actually made by Pixar, now that I think about it. Uh, and what he does is he was given the ability to choose by Dr. Light. And Dr. Light is sitting around in capsules and gives you power-ups and all this stuff. And like in typical Mega Man fashion, what you have to do is you have to go around and defeat the eight robot masters, except they're not called masters in the X series. They're, um, uh, they're Mavericks. There we go. And, huh. and so you beat these Mavericks up and then you go after Sigma. Sigma's the guy that's the leader of them all. That's been trying to kill all the humans so that the robots can take over the earth. He's kind of a douche. Oh. Uh, the achievements for the game were brutal. There's oh, yeah? an achievement for defeating each of the masters and defeating each of the bosses in the, um, in Sigma's fortress. Then there's an achievement for beating each individual robot master with just using your X-Buster, which isn't too bad. Which was, it was decently simple for the most part. And then there's an achievement for beating every boss without getting hit. Each of the robot masters without getting hit. This isn't too bad because you can exploit a lot of the enemy's weaknesses, a lot of the, the robot weaknesses... And you can just get them into a loop where you do the same thing over and over and over and over. <coughs> Except for Launch Octopus. Okay. I spent probably three hours, maybe more, between the two days I was doing the attempts, trying to find out how to, how to handle this boss so that he wouldn't hit me. The reason he's so hard is because he's got a couple different attacks. Um... He can shoot some missiles, which don't home in in on you. They just move in a specific pattern. (laughs) Uh, And if you're far enough away, if he's on the opposite side of the screen from you, like all the way on the opposite side, you don't have to jump or do anything. The missiles will spread out enough that they won't hit you. And then he's got another attack where he shoots out a bunch. He shoots out four homing fish. The homing fish are the thing that make this (laughs) worst fights ever in anything. To no hit the fight, that is. So these fish just home in on you, and you've got to find a way to destroy them. They can be coming at you from any angle. They can come at you from beneath you, underground, and come up and hit your feet if you're in a bad position, and he fires off the fish. It, it gets really, really old after a while. The other thing he can do um, is a uh, like a whirlpool attack, where he jumps in the air, he slowly lowers himself, he's sucking you towards him the whole time, and if he catches you, he sucks your life out, which does damage, which makes a no-hit very hard. Then um, he does – he's got, like, two different ways that he can move around the arena. They're the same way. They're just different. He can either do, like, a short hop or he can do a pretty big hop, I think. Uh, and they just push him to different spots on the screen, which can make it impossible to react to whatever attack he's about to do. Mm-hmm. So I finally, finally got him down. That was the last achievement that I had to go for, actually, as well, was no hitting him. Or, no, it was the second to last. The last one was – uh, no hitting Boomer Quanger, which was really easy with Launch Octopus's weapon, which pissed me off. Uh, but Launch Octopus was brutal. And then the other really hard achievement, and the reason I spent, uh, I think four hours trying to get this one, just on the last boss, that is. Uh, <laughs> I beat the game without any heart containers. I beat the game without the armor upgrade, so I wasn't taking half damage. I was taking full damage the entire time. And I also was not able to grab any sub tanks. 
So the final fight is three different phases where you have to learn every single pattern that these three different phases are going to do to you. And if you get hit once, that's it. That's your one gimme. Depending on which attacks, you can get hit twice and not die. But for the most part, if you get hit once, you cannot get hit a re- hit again in either of phases, in any of them. And because of that, uh, I was stuck on it for like four hours. That Sigma sucks. is a pain in the fucking ass when he does that much damage to you. So uh, that was a rough fun, horrifying experience, and I'm looking forward to never having to play Mega Man X again unless I want to. (laughs) Unless you want to. Then you can. Yeah. And then the last game I played and I just beat it today. um, I know, I know, another one. That's why I'm trying to go through these quickly. (laughs) last game that I played and beat today was Donkey Kong Country. Um, I got to the last boss. I've gotten the majority of the achievements in it, but not the achievement points. And, uh, well, I've gotten over half the achievement points and it um donkey kong country i was not a fan growing up and i'm definitely not a fan now i wanted to play through it again to see if it changed and that has not changed what was that jay did it make you rage that game made me fucking destroy things i was pretty close to raging a few times uh like i i just got upset and bored and frustrated i wasn't like full out salt or anything Mm -hmm. uh there was this one level in the glacier stage in the glacier world where it's the very first level, and what Say it like is, Bear Girls. what? Say it like Bear Girls. I Glacia. Glacia. <laughs> Sounds like Glacia. It's It's not. That's a different thing. So the first stage um, in Donkey Kong Country. For those that don't know, Donkey Kong Country. It's a platformer. It's got some amazing music. The music of the game is really, really good. As much as I dislike the game overall, the music is like spot on all the time. They absolutely killed it with the music. The gameplay, unfortunately, not so much. Uh, like in World 5. I think it's World 5, which is the Glacier. You, Thanks. There are these, there's this section, <laughs> and I always hate these sections in this game, and it, it was the worst in this stage, I think. And it's where you're stuck in barrels, and your, your barrel is just spinning mm. around, and you have to time it right so that you're not shooting yourself into an enemy and so that you're going in the right direction. And... It's a really boring mechanic because I like platforming and platformers. I like moving around. I like adjusting my character and my position and shit. I don't like being locked into something like this. It gets really boring really fast. And it's even worse in the glacier level because there's a giant snowstorm going on, which made it really hard for my eyes to focus on the barrel so that I could get my timing down. That sucked. I hated that stage. I was probably mm-hmm. stuck on that for like an hour of just shooting myself in between 30 different barrels. It sucked. Did you try achievements on it? Um, oh, I've wow. gotten most of the achievements. I haven't gotten oh, them shit. all. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, like, there's one for no hitting all the bosses, which is really easy in that game. Uh, and then there's one for like 101%ing the game, getting all the secrets in each different individual world, stuff like that. I've gotten most of it. Um, what are some of the other levels I didn't like? Oh, I don't like the auto scrollers in this game at all. Uh, the ones where you like in the, the auto scrollers are actually yeah. The, most of the auto scrollers in this, I I didn't like them, but I didn't hate them. There's stuff like you're riding a minecart around, mm-hmm. and you've got to jump at the right time to get over these uh, these hops, these little holes in the ground, stay on the rails and shit. 
they weren't that bad in uh, Donkey Kong Country 1. The levels that I hated were the underwater stages. And that was because uh, the music there is great, but uh, some of the, a few of the stages, like you're moving, you're just moving forward, and then a fish flies out of the side of the wall of the next screen and comes over and smacks you before you can react to it. <laughs> and that got really old when it happened half a dozen times in one stage. The positions are for the most part fixed. They spawn in slightly different locations sometimes and they wave up and down so they can, their pattern isn't 100% set, um, depending on how you're moving through the stage, I guess. So there are just times when I'm just trying to move forward to bait like a fish out from the side of the screen and then it's just going too fast for me to react to when it hits me anyway. And I'm like, I, I feel like an, am I the idiot here? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, uh, God, what was the last level to complain about in that one? Uh, okay, I know what it was. Back to the glacier, as a matter of fact. The level where you control a parrot. Well, you don't control it, but there's a parrot following you around that has a light. It has a spotlight. Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. Completely dark. I remember those levels. It's level, terrible huh? because the design of it, you're flipping back and forth to reposition yourself to be able to stomp on enemies and to jump on platforms and stuff. And while you're doing that, every time you turn, the parrot turns with you. So it's like you're getting – I had to give my stream a seizure warning because of how stupid this was. <laughs> the light is just flashing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You're trying to reposition yourself. And it just is so terribly implemented. I hated that. Um, overall, I really wanted to like Donkey Kong Country – uh, for this, this is probably like the last time I'll ever give it a second shot or third, fourth, fifth shot, however many I've given it now. And I just, I couldn't get into it. I can see the merits of the game. It's got some cool stuff. I can understand that, uh, it's, it's kind of seems like they're trying to avoid the, the monotony of a platformer, of jumping around a lot. But that's what I liked about platformers. That's what I liked about old Mario games and stuff. Mm -hmm. I liked the jumping. What I didn't like was being stuck in a barrel and timing, getting fired out of it. It just sucks. I, for me. I, I, yeah. I don't like it. And I, that, I never really enjoy the Donkey Kong. I never really like thought Donkey Kong Country was as fun as like most other people did. Yeah. The art in it was okay. I guess it was really good for the Super Nintendo. It, or It was advanced. I don't know that I'd always yeah, say Yeah, graphics-wise. Yeah, graphics-wise, it was advanced. And it looked mostly good. Just not uh, as spectacular as a lot of people would have you believe. I don't know. Um, Donkey Kong Country, it's, an, it's a mediocre okay game, maybe. Maybe. Like maybe. maybe. It's a pretty okay <laughs> game, possibly. Maybe not, though. <laughs> Definitely not. Probably not. No, are, you, it, are you playing as the real Donkey Kong, or was it... You're actually playing as Donkey Kong, right? You can. There are two characters. In each of the Donkey Kong Country games, there are two characters. And you've always got... You've got control of one, and you've got one falling behind you. And in Donkey Kong Country 1, you have Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. They play mostly okay. the same. There is some interesting stuff there with... Um, uh, like, there are certain enemies you can only really kill as Donkey Kong. And Diddy Kong is faster. I think that's their differences. Does Diddy Kong have a hat? Am I making that up? Yes. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He has a baseball okay. cap. That's what I thought. 
What do you think guys think about how they uh, changed this whole character up? You know, he used to be a bad guy. Who is he? Oh, Donkey Kong? Yeah. Donkey Kong oh, is back the bad the guy. Cranky Kong. Donkey Kong lore. Cranky huh? Kong is the bad Donkey Kong. Cranky Kong? Yeah, Cranky Kong is the old Kong in the Donkey Kong country games. He's a different? Yeah. He's Cranky a different Kong one? So is the older version of the the Kong that threw barrels at Mario in the old Donkey Kong games. So the Donkey Kong that you're playing as in this game is not the same Donkey Kong from no. Donkey Kong. No. Blow my mind right now. <laughs> you didn't know that, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Huh, yeah. Is that common knowledge? I didn't hey, know that either. Yeah, it's pretty common. Ah, uh, Jay didn't know it either. Whatever. What All right. All right, so down? I'm finally done. I talked about... I was wondering how long games. you were going to go on for. I went for about 20 minutes, but I talked about six games. What's your excuse? <laughs> my excuse is my game was good. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Kill yourself. Oh, I hate you. Uh, Jay, I don't think we have time for you, so let's move on to top threes. That, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm so demoralized after you. It's just... Jay, what, what was your video game? <laughs> what was your video? What was your video game? Uh, so, after we were talking last time, reading emails last time, somebody was talking about Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and uh, so that got me interested in playing Dynasty Warriors again, since, you know, that nice. just kind of sparked it. Yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Dynasty Warriors over the last uh, over last week, and I've actually been playing with uh, Lisa, which is my girlfriend and my younger brother as well. But uh, she's I played... your girlfriend and your younger brother. You didn't know that. And I she didn't can know still that. kick your ass. Yeah, she can still kick your ass, Robert. <laughs> no, but uh, I played four and five, which I believe five was the last one that they made for PlayStation. It's probably they probably did like five dash something dash something because they did like a bunch of post releases like they'll do like four yeah and do that like, always pissed me off that was one yeah. of the reasons i fell out with dynasty warriors for a long time is because you'd get dynasty really... warriors six dynasty yeah. warriors XL, legend six yeah dynasty and, warriors yeah. legends and all this shit and it was like <laughs> and no, it was like give me one game but once you found a good one that that's kind of how at least, at least that's the way it was for me but uh, i played yeah. four and five which four came out no three and five i'm actually not sure i i don't uh, i never actually owned five I um, downloaded it uh, specifically for the podcast, but I played I played four on the PlayStation. Um, four was awful in comparison to five. Four. So for those who don't know, Dynasty Warriors is uh, what, what is the the game style? Is is it have like a um like hack a word and slash? Okay, so it's like hack and slash. Essentially, you have a basic attack, you have a special attack, and then but you it's have like awesome. super hack and slash. Yeah, I mean there are like. If you get good at the game, like you can consistently beat the harder and harder bosses, because like you can actually turn up the AI, and at least in five, and they get smarter, which is really cool. Like they actually. Well, what I mean is like, isn't it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, like as opposed to like other hack and slash games, like I feel like this one is more focused on like you hacking and slashing against like a thousand enemies all at once. Yeah, yeah the I idea mean, is um, it's like crazy, goofy power fantasy type stuff of. Yeah. Yeah. Let's kill as many things as possible. Yeah, and um, but so I, so I played four uh, at first, and there are so many problems with it that I didn't really notice when I used to play it, like when I was younger. There's a lot of issues with frame rate. Like they they didn't make oh, the game terrible. stable enough. Yeah, like so the game's not stable enough to handle itself. So when you get in like some of the bigger maps where there's like literally there's like 1,500 dudes on the map, but you can't see all of them. You can see like maybe like 50 or maybe 50 or 100 around you. Once not you get even. to some not yeah, even. 
it's well, like some of the bigger ones you can. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, basically, as soon as you get into areas like that and you try and do anything special, the game just starts frame rating super hard. The sound cuts, the music starts cutting. The music will just turn off entirely. And it'll come back after a few minutes. And like, if there's dialogue going on, the dialogue will just cut, and then it won't come back for a few. It'll come back after like the next person tries to talk or something. But um, when you get into the big areas, man, it was bad. Like there were, I was playing uh, with my younger brother, and when you, uh, so your Muso, which are Muso, which is your ultimate, you gain it by dealing or taking damage. And when you're at red health, you accumulate it over time. So you'll just get an ultimate every like 15 that or 20 shit seconds. So broken. Right, but the problem is, so when when you're at when you're at uh, green health and you use your your musu, it's instant. Like you just do it, you do all your shit, you go everywhere, you throw a bunch of guys around. Yeah, yellow health, it pauses for a second and then you do it. When you're at red health and you press it, it does like this: pauses the game, pans the camera, 180 degrees around your character, 360 degrees around your character, and then you start going. And so when you're playing with two people and you're both low and you're accumulating your ultimates back and forth, and there's a frame rate going on, it takes forever. Because I will it's press my ultimate so bad, three yeah. seconds later, <laughs> mine goes off. Then the other person does, and that's three seconds. And then you both do your ultimate, and then somebody gets hit. Oh, your moosters again. Three seconds, and then it's just like, it was ridiculous on top of the frame rate. So mm-hmm. I played for for maybe like five or ten hours, because the levels, so a lot of the harder ones, so I turned it up on to the hardest difficulty. They take a long time. You actually have to follow the strategy. You can't just go balls deep and try and one-shot the boss, because they will just destroy you. Like, you actually have to kill all the generals, close the gates, and then go and, and make sure that you push with your army and stuff. But uh, with five, it was so much cleaner. There was no latency, or there's no frame rate. Um, the combat was so much smoother too. Because in four, what I noticed is like if you're in the middle of a combo and you try and pan your character the opposite direction to try and swing at somebody behind you, you can't do it. Once you start using a combo, you fire forward. You fire in one direction. In five, in the middle of your ultimate, or even some of your like deeper combos, because the higher level you get, the longer your combos become. You can actually move your character in different directions, which is awesome because it adds like a whole other skill level to the game. Um, because while you're comboing, you can't be killed by anything kind of in the frontal cone in front of you, only when somebody hits you from behind. And it can be, like, the weakest enemy can hit you from behind and interrupt your combos. The little bastards love to just come up and smack you in the ass, and then just stop. They hit you once. Yeah, they're like, piss you off. It's like (laughs) the movie scene, like, the weakling, like, runs up and hits him, and then the fucking giant just turns around and is like, sup? And then you, like, two-hit him. But uh, 5 was like, the skill cap was great, and uh, the block mechanic, so in the game, you can block abilities, and you can actually counterattack. So when somebody uses, uh, uh, so just the basic rundown of the button, square is your auto-attack, you, you auto-attack, you auto-attack, you auto-attack. Triangle, you use a special move, when you, every time you auto-attack and then special, it does a different ability. So if you auto-attack once, special, it's a, it's one ability. Auto-attack twice, then special, it's a, it's a different ability. All the way up until, I believe, like 5 or 6 when you get your, your final weapons. But uh, in five, it's really cool because you can block attacks and then counterattack and then combo and you can juggle people. And if you're really good at it and you know how to time it, you can completely destroy things. And it's it's really, really smooth. Um, the music doesn't cut out. The dialogue was was cooler. The characters, I felt like, had a much, much uh, wider variety of abilities in four and even three. I played three a lot when I was younger. The characters kind of all ran together towards the end. They just kind of all did the same thing. They had some sort of AOE ability. They had a good single target ability. In 5, they added a shit ton more characters. They removed a lot of the repeat characters. And each character, there was like one character I played who was incredibly slow but really powerful. And then I played like this super mobile guy that was really fast. He had a lot of magic damage. But he was like, if you got hit, you ended up just dying very quickly because you would get just comboed and you didn't really stand a chance against some of like the tougher enemies or bosses. So um, I'm actually still playing 5. I'm playing a lot with uh, Lisa, uh, more so than my brother. But 
I'm really enjoying it. I'm. I, I thought they probably, were they were the same person. I like to act like they're not. But uh, I actually probably <laughs> want and play some of the newer ones um, since I have some of the new consoles. I probably will buy some of the newer ones and try them out just because they are really fun games and they're very casual games that anybody can pick up. So like if I have somebody come over who likes to play video games but isn't very good at them, you can kind of get the basics down very quickly and it looks like you're doing a lot of cool shit because it's a hack and slash and you know there's like all these special abilities and stuff. So it's really really cool so far. The storyline is kind of cool because. So, like, each level, uh, usually between levels, you get to choose between uh, a couple different options, and you decide if you want to uh, kill somebody or let them retreat, and it changes how that specific character's story goes. And at the end of it, it kind of does a recap of how you decided to kind of decide history, if you will, because it's supposed to be based on that, which is kind of interesting. I mean, if you play the game for the story, you're kind of missing out because there's not really much to it unless you're a huge, I guess, history buff, but it's very fictional, so I, I don't know. Um, gameplay's great, music's great, sound effects are really cool. If you like being just a badass, putting people up in large quantities, definitely give it a try. If you've never played, I can't, I'd be amazed if people haven't tried Dynasty Warriors by now because there's been, I think they're on eight right now. Um, I think eight uh, was. It might eight or nine, yeah. There's <laughs> not. Let's see. Not to mention all of the like offshoots or the very similar oh, games. Samurai uh, was stuff really like, good. I Samurai Warriors it. is fantastic. I uh, really Warriors Orochi is a fun series where Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors meet in a merged world because some super demon called Orochi, which is a big snake guy, made the worlds merge huh. because he wanted to find the best fighter. And then there's um, the non-Warriors games like uh, Sengoku Basara, which is Basically, Samurai Warriors, but done by Capcom. Interesting. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, yeah. Sengoku Basara has been a uh, pretty popular one. I don't know. I never played them. Okay. I've heard some uh, okay things about them, which I've heard okay things about Dynasty Warriors. So, Did you see the Dynasty Warriors? That they're oh. fun. Yes, I actually played oh. the demo of that. A long, well, the, the early access beta for oh, God, a long time access. ago. Fuck yeah. that term. It is. It was so bad. They already shut down the servers. The servers got shut down months ago. I played. So my friend uh, Dakota, he's a really close uh, childhood friend of mine. We played these games like when we were in uh, junior high and even grade school um, during the summer. We would literally play Dynasty Warriors for 20 hours a day and just play all the way through. We would love doing it. We were so pumped for the MMO. We download it. We install it. We make our accounts. Six hours in. Six hours of gameplay. We still haven't played together because I'm still playing through the fucking tutorial. Yeah, it the was tutorial incredible. was pretty It was one. awful. Yeah, yeah Robert, the, the MMO for Dynasty Warriors lasted like three months. The servers already already got closed like earlier this year. <laughs> it was it was in early access for twice as long as it was actually out. I'm pretty sure. How is this? How did I not hear about this? What, what exactly happened? It, it was a big shit stain. Like it was so bad. Yeah, I'm really sad about that because Dynasty Warriors holds a very special place in my heart. I still really enjoy the games. I would love for them to add, to increase the skill cap on them. And make them more punishing. Like I would love for them to, to add a higher difficulty. Yeah, I like them to be more interestingly difficult instead of like uh, what they do in some of the Dynasty Warriors, where their idea of difficulty is, hey, let's have archers really put it in your pooper. Oh yeah, while you're doing stuff, every single time, <laughs> every uh-huh. time you try to auto attack, you just get shot. Yeah, and it's like or you can't even so move sometimes because you're just getting stun locked by archers. And in the higher difficulties, like I'm looking at Dynasty Warriors three specifically here. Uh, the higher difficulties, the archers will take out like half your health in a single mm-hmm. volley of arrows. And they'll not be in groups of times. five. 
mm-hmm. and they'll knock you down. Your health will go <laughs> completely evaporate, and you have to run over there and find them and take care of them right away. Which I don't mind taking care of them, but um, when it's when they almost kill me immediately, when I might not even know they're there, that really blows. Yeah, I uh, I, yeah. I probably will try some of the newer ones, and I actually will probably play Di- uh, Samurai Warriors again. I really enjoyed that specific game. I didn't. I don't think I played uh, more than just the first one. If they did make a second one for Samurai Warriors, but it was cool. It was. I, I really enjoyed. It. I thought the story was much better in Samurai Warriors than Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, right. I think my favorite thing about Samurai Warriors was varied uh, <coughs> characters and how um, in Dynasty Warriors, as a character levels up, you get XXXX to start. Every mm-hmm. single character gets that. Every single character, when they level up, gets XXXX. They get an extra X attack on there. Whoa. And then when they're maxed out, they get a sixth X attack. And they can do a Y attack off of any of those. And that's it. That's every single character. Same exact growth and development the only thing different is what the buttons themselves actually do what i loved about samurai warriors was how it made each character like not each character but there's a couple different character types there's characters that are designed to mash x a lot there's um like uh uh gachibana or something like that um this lightning using chick warrior in uh i think she showed up in two the first time and she can she gets up to 12 x's that she can press in a row so she's got the 12 x's but then off of most i think up to the eighth x you can press y off of that and she gets a different attack then there are other characters that are designed to press y a lot of times so they'll be characters that um they'll get their x attack upgrades like they'll get up to six seven eight x presses or whatever it is but as they level up, what they actually are really getting is extra Y presses. So if they press X, Y early on, that's what they'll be able to do. After you level them up some, they can do X, Y, Y. And then if you have, after you level them up more, they get X, Y, Y, Y. And that happens for all four of their uh, charge one through charge four attacks. And uh, there's another type. I think that um, I think Samurai Warriors also had character types based on the dynasty warriors yes they did definitely took some of it from it for sure Well, no i mean like they literally had characters that had the same get six x presses get five y presses kind of thing that um Mm -hmm. the dynasty warriors character gameplay was designed around as well but i can't remember if that's the case or not something like that yeah but uh i'll I'll probably i'm definitely gonna continue playing through the series at least i'm gonna Definitely play Samurai Warriors again just to go back to it because it's been a while. I mean, the game's been out for probably five or ten years now. So, nice, cool, sweet. I'm looking forward to that. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you want to play together sometime, oh, mm-hmm. like I have time for that even. Please, yeah. send you hard life, <laughs> dude. I I I'm so busy all the time. You actually have no idea. I know. <laughs> it's well, insane. It's kind of impossible to get hold of. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk hey. about top threes? Is it top three time? Mm-hmm. I think, unless you want to talk about something else for like 45 minutes. No, no. definitely not. I'm falling asleep, okay. so. <laughs> all right, let's, let's do get it. on to the top three. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's do it. Top three. Games that used to be awesome, but they have not held up throughout the annals of history. Oh, man. So I'm going to say this because we talked about this before the podcast a little bit. A lot of mine, and I think some of your guys' as well, are games that we really enjoyed as a kid and thought were really fucking cool, 
but turned out to be complete dog shit when better games came out and you realized how stupid you were when you were a kid. Ish. I don't know that I yeah. that harshly with mine, but yeah, pretty much the same gist. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah also, more or less mine too. I, well, okay, I don't know what's on your guys' list, so I don't want to say this one yet, so I won't say anything. Alright. Um, Alright, who's going to go first? Let's, uh, how about we go in the same order that we started off in? Alright. Cool. So I'll start then. My number three is, uh, God, I'm trying to decide between two here. I guess I'm going to go with Dragon's Lair for number three. Uh, uh, it was, and this is this definitely is uh, kind of in the category that we were just saying. Like it actually wasn't good, but we used to for some reason like it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dr- the gameplay on Dragon's Lair is just not good. Uh, it, so it somehow became pretty popular. I think mostly because of the art style, which is granted very nice. Uh, I really do like the. Yeah, it's the, like a movie. It's it's an interactive movie. It's. Yeah. Literally an interactive movie. Yeah. Pretty where you can mess up and game over and have to go back to the start of your movie. Yeah. And even if you have easy mode turned on where it tells you which directions you're supposed to push at the exact right time, it's still very, very difficult to do it just mm-hmm. right. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dragon Slayer, you're this sort of like knight guy who's going into a big castle to save like a girl who's in the castle. That knight and- is also... Uh- the knight from uh, Sword in the Stone. Oh, okay. Did you ever notice that? I, I noticed I don't that. Know I, don't if this, if... I don't think it's supposed to be the same character, but it's the exact same design and everything. Okay. It okay. looks just like him, and uh, that yeah, always bothers me. So, uh, it's like all basically like a cartoon that you're watching, but like... You'll come, you'll come up, and like there will be a monster or something. You have to push in the right direction at the exact right time to supposedly move him out of the way. But you're not actually like moving the character on the screen. You're just if you press the right direction at the right time, then it goes into the animation of him jumping out of the way in time and that kind of stuff. And that's what the whole game is. But it's ridiculously hard. It's very difficult to know exactly where you're, what direction you're supposed to press, and to add exactly what time. And it basically just turns into like a quarter eater because it's 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 not it's not really fair. I guess there's there's no good way to know what and when you're supposed to press at any given time. But the but the again the art style is really cool. Blake, what's your number three? My number three is a game that I've talked about on the podcast before. I don't remember if I did a full day on it or if it was just something I've talked about. Uh, my number three is Breath of Fire 3. Hmm. Um, ah. I, I, I do want to actually preface my list by saying I don't dislike any of these games now necessarily, but they they're, they show their age. Uh, for me, Breath of Fire 3 is one that I, I have less technical problems with and one where it was just um, like I, when I was growing up, I remember – I don't remember the writing being bad. I don't remember the writing being great. But I didn't remember it being kind of cringy and like really basic a lot of the time. Uh, but when I went back and replayed it a, a while back now, I was just I was just constantly cringing and rolling my eyes at some of the dialogue and the characterization and all that. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it, the story on it has not held up to the test of time for me. That's just all it comes down to. Still a fun game. I like the gameplay itself. I like exploring all that fun stuff. 
But uh, I like the Master System. I love most of what that game does, but... Ooh, that writing could have used a lot of work. <laughs> all right, Jay? Uh, so all three of mine I've actually t- I've played through the podcast. Um, so my number three is going to be... I'm going to go with Gauntlet for number three. Um, uh, oh, that's a good one. I thought yeah. you would be using that one on here. Yeah, it's I mean it's one of those games I really thought I would still enjoy. It's it's honestly like a, a much shittier version of Dynasty Warriors to me now, looking looking like really far back. It's too simplistic and it just the graphics, the controls, the simplicity of it. It was great twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, but not anymore. Definitely not. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh my number two is gonna be the X Men arcade game. I used to mm-hmm. think this game was so much fun. Because uh, you get to play as like all the different X Men, or you know, whichever X Men you choose, and you got like the special abilities, and it's and you know, it's also beat 'em ups used to also still be fun back in the day. But um, yeah, man, if, if there is any one genre, yeah, that has not held up as a whole, it's got to be beat 'em ups. That's one hundred percent true. And X Men, like there are some, you you know, you can find some beat 'em ups that. Do hold up okay. Yeah, they're uh, the those are the exception more though. I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that. Yeah, I was sort of just clarify. I, I know that you also. Agree yeah, they're with not that. all bad or anything. Like even nowadays, there are beat 'em ups that come out that people are in love with. Absolutely, still in love with. Um, like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, yeah, yeah. Or, which came out on Xbox Live Arcade. Castle Crashers. Yeah, Castle Crashers, another fan favorite. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, for the most part, a lot of the old beat 'em ups aren't any good. X Men Arcade really stands out to me, partly because I've played it somewhat recently. Uh, I got it from on the PSN store, and man, it is just so boring. Like that's it's really really boring, and also it's one of those beat 'em ups where it's like there's no like if you're fighting a boss, there's basically no skill involved whatsoever. It's just a matter of oh he's gonna hit you before you hit him, once you're close enough to hit him. And, like, every once in a while, it'll let you get a hit off, but, like, oh, nope, you go, you both got in range, and he's just going to hit you first, just because that's how it's going to be. So, uh, so stay away from X-Men Arcade. Sucks. <laughs> See, I, for me, uh, I think if I went back and played that, it'd be a case of, like, it's so bad it's good for me, except, <laughs> except the gameplay. I'm pretty sure I would get tired of that really fast, yeah. Yeah, it's very repetitive. And even, like, the bad guys, it's one of those where, yeah, I'm like, the bad guys just the... change colors. Like, yeah, you don't exactly, actually get yeah. new bad guys, you get the same models in different colors. See, I think that um, the, X- the X-Men arcade game would actually be able to get away from that beat-em-up thing because the mutants... I don't... I'm not sure how much I remember about it, but, like, all of the characters have different powers and stuff, so it's kind of... Like, it, it at least has a bigger gameplay than, say, just plain Double Dragon or something like that. They do have different powers, but, like, it doesn't really help. Because, like, it doesn't, they uh, basically do the same thing. It's like, either you attack everybody on the screen or you attack everybody in a straight line. It's all just like... Okay, yeah, yeah. It's It doesn't help too much. All right, yeah. I believe that, then. Um, all right, so my yeah. number two... My number two is actually two games, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this for a little bit. Uh, my number twos are Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. Mm. 
And they're both for the same reason. I actually was trying to find a lot more games from this era that uh, I thought would really make my list. Because, honestly, the PlayStation and Nintendo 64 era was a very rough time for video games. Uh, and these two act, these two for me, I think act as the best, most obvious example of a lot of the problems of that era in general. These were the first steps into 64-bit game, or, um, excuse me, 3D gaming for a lot of these companies. And it shows. Uh, Super Mario 64, the controls, they're a little awkward. They're a lot awkward. <laughs> um, even more than that, though, I would say that the biggest problem that Super Mario 64 has, and a very big problem in Ocarina of Time, is the camera issues. Hmm. These two games oh, yeah. had awful, awful camera controls. They're terrible. Was it that bad in Mario? Oh, it's terrible in Mario. Oh, there God, are times yeah. when you are str- you're you're literally wrestling wrestling with the camera to get it to point in the direction of where you're trying to look if you want to jump or not, and it just <laughs> yeah. is not cooperating. Like there are times when you can't control the camera. You 100. percent The game is just like, nope, you can't move it right here. Sorry, no can do. You're looking in this direction, and you need it moved because you need to figure out what's ahead, what's around a corner, something like that. You need to be able to look up and see if there's something you can jump up and grab onto, shit like that. And it was a very, very rough first step into the 3D gaming. Same thing with Ocarina of Time. The combat, it, the, the lock-on mechanics, the combat, um, just all of it adds up to be this very strange, clunky design for combat and for exploration. Uh, Ocarina of Time had very similar camera issues sometimes. Uh, the dungeons were very difficult to navigate because of that more than once. <laughs> um, and just because of the way that they handle 3D and because of how uninformed Nintendo was about stuff like that at the time, it uh, they've aged very poorly because of that. We've gotten used to not having to play with a terrible camera usually. And I still like the games. They're still good. They're still fun. They still have their merits. Absolutely. But stuff like that uh, has aged poorly. Extremely poorly. Alright. I can understand that. Jay? What's up? Uh, My number two is going to be Mystic Quest. Um, Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know what? Now that you mention it, that probably should have made my list somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. This is we'll a put very, that as my 3.5. It is a very easy, heavy, grindy game. It's a very easy game to grind, and it's just the story is just god awful. The humor is like somewhat there, but it's called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, but it should be called Final Fantasy Piece of Shit or something. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just brutal. That's and, a good name. Yeah, I mean, I play it every once in a while because it's like, oh, I remember Mystic Quest being really fun. Then I play through it, and I'm like, I'm literally hitting one button for four hours, and I'm at the last boss. How did I get here? <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> with my life? <laughs> yeah. Alright. My number one is uh so I feel like the gameplay on this one overall has held up, but a lot of other things that make it very difficult to endure have not held up. But it was really, really awesome for its time. That game is StarCraft. Oh, what? Is... Get out of here! Are you kidding me? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Are you wow. 
That game is so much fun. Get the fuck out of here. I was going to piss some people off today. Get <laughs> out of here. Robert, there is not a single game you could have said that would piss me off as much as that. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you played that's just Starcraft? Because, that's just because the one time you and I played each other in StarCraft, I destroyed you. Oh my god, do you want to go right now? I will destroy you by the time the podcast is over. You're talking about StarCraft and StarCraft Brood War, correct? Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? That game has, still has like the biggest skill cap out of any esport that's ever been made. That game well, is- I, agree, I do agree with that. But it's so slow-paced, and more importantly, it is so damn ugly that I can barely even it is not that stand bad. looking at it. It is bad. My God, Robert. I cannot It is it. a fucking ugly game. It was awesome at its time. There wasn't anything wrong with it. I mean, Story gameplay... Is the music's freaking fantastic. Yeah, the music's good. The gameplay is amazing. The music's fantastic. It's, good. it's fantastic. So ugly, and it's... So slow paced, like particularly, I guess once you've played StarCraft two for a while, and then you go back to that, you're like, wow, it takes forty five minutes for me to like finish building my base. If you suck, <laughs> <laughs> Robert, get out of here! That game I is cannot so believe good. what just happened here. We have had <laughs> breakdown in this get podcast. Out of here! <laughs> you, you, I know you're telling me right now. So what is your real name? <laughs> no, I agree. It's a good. I. I know it's a good. It's a good. I agree that it's right, a good. Game still. Well, what is your actual number one, Robert? There's no way. <laughs> you would not like in order. Play this. In order for me to enjoy a game, I have to be able to look at it without going blind. Oh my! This is the classic game podcast. All we do is look at old games. Some of them that look really fucking garbage. Uh, not that look this bad. Oh my god! Oh man! So uh, all right, my number one. Uh, <laughs> It's StarCraft. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's not <even> funny. <laughs> all, right, all right. My number one, I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off with this one, too. Uh, but we'll get to that. My number one, I'm going to put it out there, uh, Half-Life. Half-Life 1. Huh. Oh, wow. Now, it was amazing at the time. but See, it, it's again, this is just like um, Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time, except I, have less pro- I would have less problems playing Half-Life. Um, it's been... I played Half-Life around 2001, 2002, and even at that time, it was okay to me. Really? But the reason, was... the reason I think that it hasn't aged well is because it doesn't do anything special by today's standards. Um, the writing in it might be more fun than a lot of other games, but the, the, a big thing that it was praised for is its storytelling elements, not the story itself. And the way that, like, it tells you a story. It doesn't do any cutscene stuff. You're always in control of your character, so on and so forth. And I just don't... We get that in video games nowadays. We get that constantly. We get it all the time. And I... Like, that was, to me, from a lot of the people that I've always talked to, that is their big praise for the game. And, and by honestly, the standards, I kinda... it doesn't... It's, that's not special at all. The, the gunplay in the game isn't anything great it's okay it's a fun little game but it's not like it's it's just not at the level where most people imply it should be kind of like deus ex although i i think i would have more fun going back and playing deus ex again because um there's different there's role playing in deus ex there's a different way to play through the game in half-life it's 
oh, I'm just going to use a different gun. <laughs> different crowbar. <sighs> so many. And honestly, I'm kind of, I sort of, I mean, well, I mean, no big surprise here because it's of the game that I talked about for 45 minutes a little earlier, but, like, <laughs> oh, I like it. I, I prefer my games to have cutscenes in them. See, I, I grew up, I, I like, I'm used to, um, like, Final Fantasies. Like, I grew up on Final sure. Fantasies. That's the storytelling I like. So for me, Final Fantasy, going from Final Fantasy VI, where it's got all this amazing characterization and storytelling, and uh, the music is helping to tell all this story and everything, and there's so much pacing in these cut the cutscenes quote at the time where you're not in control of the character that to me was the storytelling that i was attached to and so everyone's like praising oh you can control your character during this story event and i'm like so what yeah that doesn't do much for you as well because you're yeah. all, you, most of the time you were just standing around anyways like yeah you, there's nothing you can on. do to mm-hmm. change anything or add anything for mm-hmm. me like i don't feel more immersed by that and i think that's what a lot of people get out of it and i don't I can see that. I think the other big thing for me when I was first playing it was the level design. Like, the levels themselves, and also how it was, like, basically one big, long... I was going to say, it was just one continuous level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it, it it always feels like that, because uh, quite a few of the zones, if you want to call them that, kind of flow together fairly seamlessly. Yeah. The only time... Spoilers for a decade and a half old game, and then some... uh, the only time I really felt like things were changing was when the army showed up. Like, yeah, that, that was felt actually like cool. a different cool. level. Those guys were fucked yeah, yeah. up too. They were douchebags. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Dun, 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 dun. I'm just kidding. Uh, my number one is Jurassic Park for Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that game was fucking. Oh man! After the last time I played that, it was just I, I was waiting for us to be able to talk about this uh, pile of <laughs> crap again. I was wondering that if you were gonna remember that one. Yeah, no, definitely. I was like, literally, when I was making my list, I was like, "Well, I already know what my number one is. Let's go with the uh, let's one. go with the rest of them." <laughs> like, my first thought was Breath of Fire three, and then the other two, I was like, "Okay, yeah, those definitely both work." We should we should do this sometime. We should have a drinking game where we all play Jurassic Park for Sega Genesis, and every time you say "fuck" because the controls are that bad, you have to take a drink. <laughs> I think about three minutes in, we'd be calling paramedics because the amount of bugs with you trying to turn your character because you know the game's a side scroller, turning left and right is impossible. Jumping, the guy looks like he's never jumped before. Oh my god, dude, that game is awful. That reminds so me a lot of the old uh, Alien games too. Like aliens, it's been a while for me. All those, I don't remember them that much, but I remember the controls just being a steaming pile in those as well. Yeah, this was definitely. Hey, let's make a game about a movie, and <laughs> here it is. And milk it for money. <laughs> yeah. The classic. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really my list is full of games that I didn't, that I don't hate, but that they're just not anything special or anything good even necessarily by today's standards the only game on my list that i actually hate well no i take it back i hate dragon slayer also dragon slayer and x <laughs> tread very carefully here robert i know where you live <laughs> i don't think you do know where i live i do you always I know say it's I, I know you're not even the right state um yeah you do know where she lives but i don't really care uh Okay, we got some feedback on Twitter. We got actually quite a bit. 
Yeah. Thanks to Be- thanks to Blake, I believe, right? Feedback? Yeah, or, that was me. I was talking about it there. today. I talked about it today on stream, actually. I was I was like, hey, if you guys want, if you got your top three games that haven't aged well, uh, go tweet at us. And I had a few people right. in my chat like, what's the Twitter for that? Yeah, we got some new followers. Uh, Jay, you can learn a lot from your uh, coworker. Just kind of <laughs> use him as my a mentor. <laughs> That's a, uh, first you said feedback, which I don't really understand how that applies here, and now you're saying coworker. You can move on up in the corporate ladder if you pay more attention to what Blake does and try to be more like him. I was going to make a reference to the ladder in Metal Gear Solid 3, but that's oh, not Oh, nice. No, you should have made a reference uh, hey, to the ladder in StarCraft. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> Just keep talking, Robert. Tracy right, so, so, Sting X2 says... <laughs> Is it R2-D2? <laughs> <laughs> it's Morse code. Says, he says Kirby 64 is a game that is not sh- that is not aged well at all. Too slow paced and too many useless abilities, even when mixed. I don't, I never actually played Kirby 64. I've only played it, it through emulation. I didn't play it when it was new. I um like I never got into Kirby at all except Kirby Superstar. I remember playing that. Kirby on Nintendo, but I did, I was like, all right, this is pretty meh. And then I played Kirby Superstar on Super Nintendo, and whole Holy crap, that was an amazing game. The uh, one I but, played was... Sorry, I thought you were done. No, no, um, just... Like, every time I've looked at the rest of them, I'm just like, eh. I also yeah. played some of the Wii, the one on Wii. I played most of it. And it was an okay game, but I I don't know. For me, like, all Kirby games have always pretty much been, eh. <laughs> yeah, they've always been kind of the same thing. It's like, eh, better graphics, yeah. maybe some new abilities. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat with you. I played the one on Game Boy a whole lot, and that's the only one I've ever played. But like, I really enjoyed the Game Boy version of it. Hmm. Uh, but I haven't ever played any of the others. Um, Poobun, <coughs> excuse me, Poobuns <laughs> says the top three games that haven't aged well IMO are Final Fantasy VII, Wow, Donkey Kong sixty four. And Croc Legend of Gabos. I don't know the third one at all. <clears throat> yeah, I I, I've, I remember seeing Croc at uh, at Blockbuster on the shelves, but I never rented it because it didn't seem like it would be any good then. Donkey Kong 64 is one I heard a lot of people say has not aged really? well. And again, like, I wasn't into the Donkey Kong Country games that much, so I never played Donkey Kong 64. But it every time I've seen people play it, it looks so Bad. <laughs> and like even back then, I don't know if it could have been good. Ew. Like, oh man. Um, Final um, Fantasy VII. I think Final Fantasy VII gets a bad rap for it had a pretty rough translation, which has not helped it in the West a lot of the time. It hasn't done it any favors. And then uh, the graphics. I actually wanted to touch on this, but I didn't want to. This is what I was thinking of before we listed our top three. I was like, hey. Do I want to mention Final Fantasy VII and get it out of the way? And I thought, no, what if someone has it on their list? <laughs> but uh, for me, everything else about Final Fantasy VII is fine, except for the god-awful character models on the world map. Um, the, yeah. I'm used to bad translations. I was playing RPGs back on the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Uh, the gameplay I still find very fun. The overall story has some uh, problems with the translation. 
But when I last played through the game, games. I had a blast. I had an absolute blast with it last, uh, not this January, but January of last year. I had a ton of fun with the game. I had no issues yeah. with it, which, which I was actually very worried about going into, uh, doing a replay of it back in 2014. What? I thought for sure that I was just going to kind of cringe and frown and get upset <laughs> at how much the game didn't live up to <laughs> what I remembered. And I, so I went into it with pretty low expectations and I came out actually very pleasantly surprised that I think I enjoyed it. I might have enjoyed it more now than I did when I was younger. I, um, I agree that I think, aside from the graphics, I think it has held up very well. I never even played this when I was younger. I played it two like two years ago for the first time, and I had no problem making it through the whole game. I thought it was lots of fun. Hmm. What's funny I is actually, like a lot of people who who like don't like Final Fantasy VII or don't think it holds up. Well, at least in my experience, they played nine, and then they played seven because like huh. they didn't know about seven at the time. They played nine when it came out, and they were like, "Holy shit, this game was great." Because nine is a great game, and they were like, "Oh, okay, seven is really highly rated. I got to try it." And they're like, most of the time they're like, "I like nine more." That's what I've seen. Like at least when people usually say that Final Fantasy VII has not held up well, that's that's usually what I see with people. Well, <laughs> for me, I usually see it as a graphics thing, and I absolutely completely agree that the um, the character models are in desperate need of a rework. Yeah, the rest of the art though, it's is getting done, <laughs> and it is. It's finally getting done. Years. Like the in battle. Um, art looks fine. The summit, like the summons, don't look great or anything, but they don't look so bad that I can't play the game. The pre-rendered backgrounds, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I still think those look fantastic, even if they can be very difficult to navigate sometimes. There, right. are, there are certainly times in the game where the pre-rendered background stuff is a chore to find your way around in. You watch your mouth, young man. Hey, I'm just being honest with that. That's the truth. It can be sh- hard as shit to navigate in that game sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Um, reactions 187. That's reactions with a Z. I reaction. Yep. The only thing that comes to my mind right now is Donkey Kong 64. Loved it as a kid. Couldn't enjoy replaying it a year ago. Mm. We got that one again. Then Ben Woodering, BK Ben 3, has like 10 games. Oh, uh, number three, not actually ten, but like okay. maybe five or six. Number three, Deus Ex. Uh, it's clunkiness, poor graphics, bad sound design, make it nearly unplayable. Wow. Really? Because I, um, I, for me, I played it the first time like five or six years ago, and I, it definitely showed its age, but I thought it was still totally playable. It, it, it had some uh, issues aside from um, aside from the graphics. There was some clunkiness to a lot of this stuff. Like, I think my biggest qualm with the game was that if you, like, to start off with, if you don't put any points into pistols or something, you're the, supposed to be the super agent that's been trained by all the greatest. And your aim with a pistol is literally all over the place. <laughs> you cannot hit a target yep. five feet in front of you if you have not leveled up your pistol. Yep. Uh, his number two is missed. Wow. The pre-rendered graphics in low... Resolution make it impossible to play it on modern computers, though it was a classic. Now, okay, my my question there would be: Do you mean literally impossible because it won't? Yeah, I don't know what he means. Impossible either. because it you can't deal with playing it because those are very different things. And I mean, generally, I've... for any game that is um that is uh 
like where it won't run on modern machines, like with Warcraft three, there's usually some kind of a workaround if if that's the issue. Mist will play on modern computers because I played it like a year or two ago. Okay. So he must just mean different computers. Probably, could be a thing too. probably he. My guess is he didn't necessarily mean play on modern computers, but just play modernly. Right. Because there is the weird thing where, like, when you're navigating and walking around, you're just, like, clicking and you're moving over a screen instantly. And it makes it really wow. difficult sometimes to know which direction you're going and facing and turning and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like if you want, like, if you're facing something and you want to turn left, then you kind of click off to the left side and instantly you're facing this new direction. But it's mm-hmm. always, it's really disorienting. On, especially on some of the levels where it's there's like lots of like twists and turns and like different paths you can go down, that makes it really confusing, and that's probably what he's talking about. But I have to say that I overall thought the game held up really well, and I really enjoyed it. I might play through. But anyway, number one <clears throat> is a tie between Crash Bandicoot. He says horrible controls, terrible camera, and siphon filter, ugly graphics, terrible AI. Oh god! Siphon filter, dude. The running. I wish. I wish I could show you guys in real life how ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that I know it. Yeah. I know it. Uh, Crash They're Bandicoot was another one that I heard from a few people. Really? Uh, ah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and for me, I can't argue for or against it because it was another series that I was one was that pretty into. rough. Two, yeah. I think, holds up pretty well still. That's yeah. That's what most people say. The first okay. Crash Bandicoot was not good. It yeah, does, two it is great. not held up. But two and three are both mm-hmm. still apparently good. I can definitely agree with Siphon Filter. Yeah, me um, too. I love, like, how you said the running, like, if you, like, walk at an angle sideways, he, like, Yo, I wish I could, leans oh, in God, I'm, I'm doing it right now. Like, <laughs> he, he, like, just, does like, the sharpest this, muscle. His whole body goes into it. Like, you, like, like, Blake, you, like, turn and, like, take a step, and he'll just, like, put his whole body into it, throw his arms over his head, and his legs are going like he's running a fucking marathon, and he's walking, like, four feet. Like, he really, like, leans into those turns pretty hard. Um, and then he wrote, obvious runners-up, Fallout, Final, I can see that one, Final Fantasy VII, Sonic wow. 1, but you guys have talked about these before. Yeah, yeah. Like, I these expect- are some really good ones. He says, I expect hate for some of these, but they were great games, and I love them for their time. They just did not age well. I pretty <clears throat> much agree with that. Like, Sonic 1, um, I didn't love it back then, but it feels awful to play now as someone who played it just the other week. Uh, what were the other ones he said? Final Fantasy 7 and... Uh, yeah, and Fallout, which I can... Fallout, yeah. I, I can see how the role-playing elements <clears throat> of those would have been amazing when they came out. But unfortunately for me, I can't get to those places where you get to take advantage of the role-playing because the user interface is so god-awful dated and clunky. That's the only reason I've never bothered playing through Fallout 1 or 2. So I would definitely agree with that point. Same here. Uh, It looks like that's all the feedback we got on those. We did get some emails, though. So uh, you want to jump into these? Sure. Let's do it. What a week. <clears throat> I know, we got three emails. So the first is from uh, Cor- okay. <laughs> Core of Brie. She says, she's the one who oh, yeah. uh, 
tweeted at us or whatever last week, and she says, this is Core of Brie from Twitter. She says, hey, guys, this is Core of Brie from Twitter. And, Robert, it's Brie like Brie the Cheese, not not Bray like a donkey. Because I was saying it sounded like Bray because it looked like it was Bray because it was just B-R-E. That's Brie. Uh, Short for, you know, Brianne. Okay, I can see that. Bree to me would just be like B-R-I. Whatever. Let's let's keep going. <laughs> because, <laughs> because Robert couldn't figure out how to see the Canadian iTunes store and see my review, I attached it as a screenshot. Okay, so first off, here's her review that she left for us on the on the Canadian iTunes store. Uh, thanks for the free funny. While I was never into video games much as a child, it's the humor that really gets me with these guys. This podcast is worth a listen, even if you don't have an extensive gaming history. If you've ever played or watched someone play a video game when growing up, you can relate to these guys, and it's worth a listen. After every new episode, I am constantly wanting more. That's pretty sweet. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah? I was about to say something else, and I forgot already what it was. But uh, thanks for the awesome review, Bree. Uh, okay, so the rest of our email. I didn't grow up with gaming like most kids in the 80s did, but I do have some memories of my dad playing Hours of Descent 2, a 3D FPS sequel to Descent that was originally released for DOS in 96. You played as a spaceship that could move in any 3D direction, and basically you fly through levels shooting other ships. You can get weapons, upgrades, etc. Yeah, I remember the first Descent. I never played the second one. This game terrified me as a little girl. My dad used to play it in the dark with the volume turned way up. I would get so anxious as I watched him play, he would go around a corner, and if there was an enemy ship there, I'd jump. It got to the point where I had to leave the room when he played (laughs) because I would get too into it and just stress myself out. So anyway, have any of you guys played any of the Descent games? And if not, apparently they are on Steam, so I know Jay won't touch it. (laughs) And there was a Kickstarter for a prequel... And it's set to come out in 2016. Also, do you guys remember your parents ever getting addicted to a game? Thanks for making my work days suck less. Man, yeah. Uh, uh, I know the name Descent, but I don't think I've ever played any of them. Uh, I played, are they I played PC the, only? Or? Yeah. Uh, if they did come out on console, it was like a console port. Right. Um. Yeah. I, okay. I, actually, it, I feel like maybe they did. There was one that came out on PlayStation or yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, that would explain why I recognize the name, but I don't think I ever played it. First, per, like uh, first person mech is what it's I'm not playing. like mech. It's like it's more like you're kind of a think of it more as like a stealth bomber type ship, but it's like a spaceship. So it's not like you're flying around super fast all the time. It's like you can kind of like just sit there. You you basically are moving around just like a character in a normal FPS, except you're in 3D space floating around. That's basically the only difference. All right. The ship when it sh- when you do see your ship, it's like like I said, it looks sort of like a stealth bomber, but it doesn't control at all like a like you would think a stealth bomber does. It more like floats around and moves around. Um, yeah, I played the first one. And it was pretty good. I feel like I got stuck on it, like, pretty early on in the game and, like, never really got too far. I don't think I loved it, but I don't remember... I, I kind of remember liking it. Uh, I never played any of the sequels or anything, though, so I, I couldn't remember... 
I, I couldn't comment on those. I remember it was a pretty big deal when this game came out. Uh, although I don't really remember what the big deal about it was, like why everybody like was like why it had built up so much hype. But um, yeah, I liked the game, and uh, I never, I didn't know about the Kickstarter. That'll be kind of interesting. I don't really see a game like this working nowadays very well. I'd have to see like what they're doing with the Kickstarter exactly, but. I guess that's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, as for parents getting addicted to games, my oh, dad yeah, always yeah. liked to watch me play Link to the Past a lot, and he played Super Mario World with me a ton. Um, but he only ever really got addicted to uh, to the Strike games. The old uh, oh, really? Desert Strike, Jungle Strike... Uh, games like that, where you play, you're a helicopter, you're you're a copter, and you're going around like the Middle East, and uh, you're shooting missiles at stuff, you're blowing people up, you're doing all this crazy stuff, saving the world, you know, and uh, that's what he got into a lot, really, a lot, a lot, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like my mom never played any games, my dad. Um, I, I, he definitely never really got addicted to any games, that, but he did play some with me. The the ones that he played with me the most were uh, some of the point-and-click games, especially the Monkey Island games. We would play those together and try to, like, fizz out, figure out the puzzles together and stuff. And also, we played a lot of, like, uh, a lot of football games, like John Madden football and uh, Joe Montana football and stuff like that. And he, he was like, like, almost not fun to play with because he would get so angry at the game, like, <laughs> like, like immature, like, to an immature degree, which is really kind of funny. I don't know what it was, but, like, he would actually get pissed off at the video games when, like, I was beating him and he was, like, saying, like, the buttons that he was pressing, he, like, weren't doing the right thing and stuff like that. <laughs> so, like, we played a lot of those, but no, I don't think he really ever did any gaming, like, if I wasn't involved in it, like he was ever just like, oh, I want to play this game. Jay, did you play any of the Descent games? No, I know of them, but I never played them. Here's a Blake. Here's a screenshot of one of them, by the way, that I just found. Um, all right, so next email. Let's see, where'd my email go? Here it is. I found it. No, I didn't. Here it is. All right, we got another one from BK. Ben3, he's sent us a couple uh, emails in the past. He says, hello again. <laughs> hey, fuck you, Jay and Blake. Robert is a gem. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, you can stop there. Thank this guy. On that note, and to make this email somewhat relevant, holy shit, FF7 remake. You guys should <laughs> yeah. dedicate an upcoming... Update entirely to different aspects of Final Fantasy games. I'm probably going to replay it next of, week. In honor of this announcement. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be for for actually for my retro achievements. I'm going to be playing through four, five, and six at some point. Oh damn! Yeah, they've got some yeah. fairly brutal achievements for those too. By the way, like in Final Fantasy six, um, 
there is uh, there's achievements for basically doing something different on every boss fight and not using um, Vanish Doom or Vanish Death or any of that, uh, Vanish X Zone, etc. And then there's like steal from this guy, don't use Runic, and win the fight. It's like ah, that's mm. complicated compared to what I'm hoping for. <laughs> This is a challenge. Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> we got one more from Martin G. Um, he says, "Hey boys, how's she going? Like the podcast, liking the podcast, slowly catching up. Don't be surprised about people catching up with old eps, Rob. Lots do it. I've done it for every podcast I've subscribed to. Damn, in one of them." One of the hosts dies 40 episodes in. Holy shit. <laughs> We're at 39. That's good. That's good card. <laughs> oh, Guess oh, who's no, going to die, Robert? Look, I've Holy been having shit. some chest pains lately. I didn't think it was going to be like this, though. Oh, God. No, no, it's okay. You're going to live. Robert's dead. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. I, okay. Got you. I got you. Ooh, that, that's the that's the bait and switch is what they call mm-hmm. that in the biz. <laughs> He says, what if I just picked up the podcast from the latest episode and you had died ten episodes in? Um, well? Then you would have special powers. What if? And for evil. I actually, uh, I didn't start listening listening to the Bombcast episode until, what was the guy who was on that one that died? You know his name? Oh, uh, the giant bomb. Uh, was that Ryan? Oh, I, like I don't think so. I feel like an asshole for not knowing his name, but I didn't start listening to it until like a way a while after he died. Uh, anyway, uh, good to hear you're all still here. When I listened to one of the new episodes, <laughs> congrats to <laughs> congrats to Blake on beating Battletoads. I barely have time to play anymore. So I'm impressed Blake gave up so much time to learn how to beat that game. I would have saved, I would have saved, save stated the whole way through. Well, what's funny uh, about that actually is because of the retro achievements, I'm going to be playing through it again sometime. Oh, damn. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward anyway, to that. <laughs> anyway, I'm currently playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. I got, I got caught up with FF Tactics back then, and it took up so much of my gaming time, it still remains my favorite game up to date. Nice. So, yeah, there you go. So I never really gave 7 a chance. I wish there was a sequel to Tactics. If they made a Final Fantasy Tactics... If they made a Final Fantasy Tactics 2, what would you guys want to see in it, story-wise, gameplay-wise? So the sequel was called what? There was 8, and then 8-2, and they were both dog shit. It's called Final Fantasy Tactics A. Yeah, I think it's called like A2 or A. Yeah, it's Final like Fantasy any... Tactics Advance FFT. Oh, Advance, that's what it was. And that one yeah. was okay, okay, but still. It, because it, it was on the, the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, it was just. And then what was the other one? A2, I think it was the other one. Okay, it was like Advance. So yeah, first... A2 to Advance too, yeah. So the first sequel was actually not bad? It's okay. There's no story. I mean, the storyline is just dog shit. The problem is they added the judges, and the judges made rules. And if you broke those Very rules, dope. you got a yellow card or a red card, and your character would get eliminated from a battle. And if it was your main character, you just lost. It was the dumbest fucking mechanic they ever. Like, Square Enix, like, I, whoever came up with that, I would love to meet him. I would love to meet him. 
Oh, dumbest mechanic ever. Punch him in the head. Oh, I would do a lot more than that. You're like at a box fight. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot I can't use swords. Fuck. Yeah, little stupid stuff like that just got so frustrating. You can't sneeze while playing this battle. Oh shit. Uh, by the way, there's a Final Fantasy Tactics fan hack that has Link and Solid Snake as playable characters. <laughs> All right. Oh my god. Oh, that's it. He's out. He's gone. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, time for a second playthrough. It's weird. Anyway, uh, but, uh, what was I going to say? Um, what would I like to see in a FFT two, uh, story wise? I've Oh, yeah. always thought it would be super interesting if they did a prequel to Tactics where Ooh. they go back to when Ajora was alive. Ooh. Yeah, I've always work, wanted to know right? about the birth oh, of the Zodiac cool. Brave story. Yeah, because there's, there's no way you could do a sequel. I mean, let, let's be honest. How many? I mean, it's like Game of Thrones. You, you, like, you just have to understand Tactics. Like, you can't keep going. Okay. I don't <laughs> yeah. think there's... A- Good comparison there to make. No, I meant that a lot of characters die. That's what I was getting with that. Like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. So a prequel would be sick as shit, though. That actually be a really cool concept. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, anyway, good job with the cast. Love hearing you guys talk about those old games. Cheers. P.S. Any of you guys played Gladius? It's a LucasArts game. I have some good memories with that game. I know the name. Yeah, I'd, I'm wondering if I only know the name because of it being a weapon in other games. Okay, was it all right? We've got one on Xbox, which I never owned an Xbox. So, tactical role-playing okay. video game developed and published by Lucas Arts and Activision. You and I are looking at the exact same thing right now. Yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, <coughs> no, I don't know that I've ever heard anything about it. Even apparently, it got I a think... nine point two five out of ten from Game Informer, and I mean it's a I... tactical RPG, so. I think I kind of remember this now, although I definitely never played it. The um the cover of the game looks exactly like the cover for the Gladiator movie, like or like the poster. I'd kind of doubt that's on accident. You guys see this? There's, you guys a, see there's this? a possibility there. Yeah. Do you see the cover? Yes, I saw the cover. Yeah. I don't think you saw the cover yet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't, none of us have played that. So, uh, sorry about that, Martin G, but thank you for the email. And we're done with emails. We did it. We, we got basically three made it through one. the whole thing. Yeah. Dude, we got three emails and, like, more than three tweets this week. Yeah. Thank Pretty you, cool. everyone. Thank you, Blake. Well, you know. Yeah, thanks, Blake. <laughs> thanks, everybody who wrote in. We really appreciate it. Continue to do so. Let's keep the streak alive. You can uh, send us an email about really, and honestly, anything you want to. Uh, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. And you can also just. Let's start including who you think is the coolest. Uh, oh, episode. my God, Robert. So God, can, you're you're going to get your feelings hurt. Like, I promise you. <laughs> So that we can keep it. You're gonna get Do you want more people lights. to tell you how much uh, how ridiculous? I you think are? I'm winning like three to two right now. Okay, Robert, keep that keep that to yourself. By the way, nobody's ever like Jay or Blake. You're awesome. Everybody else sucks. It's either I like Robert or I like Jay and Blake. Because <laughs> me and Blake are at the same level, of cool. Whereas you're just like <laughs> down at the bottom. 
whole we're, at, we're like a 10 out of 10, and you're you're sitting there. It's like <laughs> 3 out of 10. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. It's cool. It's cool. It's all right. It's all right. We understand. We tolerate it. Do you all want to talk about what games you've been playing, or do you want to just like call this a wrap? I, I mean, this has I, been such a long one. I won't. Yeah. I'll. I'll just say like one thing. I guess. Uh, I got a dev. I got a uh, a pre alpha key for this game called Interstellaria, which isn't out yet. Um, I just played it uh, yesterday. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. It's pretty cool. It's like FTL, but it's not automated. So you control, like, dodging shots from the enemy ship, stuff like that. And it's like it's like FTL and then developed more, and it has ground exploration. Like, you get to land on planets and stuff. So nice. it's uh, it's been pretty damn cool. It's apparently coming out uh, July 17th, and it's going to be $9.99. Um, I've actually liked it a lot from what I've played so far. I need to play some cool. more. It is currently in pre-alpha. You guys won't be able to access it, but uh, the pre-alpha thing—it's uh, there are some bugs. There are definitely some oh, bugs, really? and if those can get taken care of, I'll be very happy. Well, that means they actually use the uh, the term alpha correctly, then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why I was like, it's cool. They're in an alpha. They know what they're doing. They're going to get this stuff fixed. Now it's getting tested. We'll see what happens. So, sweet. I've got some hopes for it. Uh, the other thing that we should probably talk about is that some of the uh, Christmas gift exchanges finally happened. And by that, oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I spent right. some money, and you fuckers are still <laughs> sitting there with your thumbs up your asses. Yep. I, I, I bought Jay's, like, okay. on time, like, originally. Sure, he did. All right, all right. But, uh, okay, you never did anything about it? Didn't give it to him or what? No, I gave it to him. He's got oh, it he right did? now. Oh, okay, all right. I so I bought myself <laughs> Icewind Dale 2. <laughs> I bought myself Icewind Dale 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the uh, I bought it because it was the sales, yay! Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't actually on sale at GOG, so I had to pay full price for it, which was a whopping ten dollars. Oh. Ooh, mm-hmm. god, scary! Uh, and then I finally bought, and then gifted because all right, here's why I didn't buy it for Robert sooner. I'm an idiot and I forgot that I do have him on my Steam friends list. <laughs> and so I just bought it the other day, and then I went to message Robert on Skype. And as soon as I pulled up Skype, I was like, wait a minute. I've got him on my Steam friend. Why did this take me so long? <laughs> so then I just sent it th- to him through Steam, and now he can finally play The Longest Journey. Woo! Thanks. Yeah, so it's about time, and I'm sorry. It's okay. By the way, the one I got for Jay was, uh, is uh, Another another World. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jay, how about you? Hi. What you what you been doing is on that front making uh, making some progress with what with uh buying Blake his uh game? he just said he bought it did you not hear what he just said yeah did you PayPal me the money yet yeah oh no I'm going to I'll do it right now okay. I wasn't paying I guess I wasn't paying good attention yeah you weren't paying attention well like the reason I was go- trying to buy it right then is because it was the last day of the Steam sales and I'm like all right quick I got to find the game on Steam go go go. And they don't even have Icewind Dale 2 on there. They only have uh, Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition, which is only the first game. So I was like, all right, quick, to GOG. And GOG had it, but it didn't have it on sale. So I just just bought it anyway because I was there. So which one did you get? Icewind Dale 2. Yeah, Icewind Dale 2. Okay. You got the right one. It wasn't on sale. And then actually, um, I had a friend. I won a contest with a friend of mine. 
and he gifted me a copy of uh, Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition. Oh, sweet. So that's kind of what got me thinking about all this. And so then I went out and tried to take care of stuff. And it kind of worked. Sort of. So speaking of games like that, Ooh. I finally beat uh, Pillars of Eternity. Nice. What'd you end up thinking about it? And, well, like, I apparently blew through the game. Because what I've heard is the game is supposed to take about 60 hours. Not for every side quest, but if you do, you know, like, a reasonable amount of side quests and all that, and don't just, like, just do the main storyline. And I did some side quests at first, then I stopped doing them for a while so I could make some progress. And I ended up beating the game at, like, 36 hours. Totally, yeah. (laughs) You skipped some content there, I think. I think I accidentally skipped some content, and my guys were massively underleveled for the final boss battle. Like, I don't, like, like, it was at this part where you're, like, kind of chasing down the, the main bad guy that you're after and, like, trying to track him down. And you get to this one point where you're supposed to go through this place, but you need the help of the gods to uh, get you through it. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to, like, do all the stuff that's around in this area, because I want to kind of get through this part and, like, get to the other side of whatever this place is and then go on with the rest of the game. But apparently, like, that's basically the, well, that's the end of the game right there. Like, once you get through this area, then you're in the final boss battle. I thought I was at, like, the 60, I thought I was, like, two-thirds of the way through the game or something like that. So, uh, so I get to the last boss, and my guys are level 7, where they should be level 12, and I can't do shit. Like, I actually got it to where I could do the boss battle. Like, I had my, my tactics down pat for it, and, like, I could hold it off pretty well for most of it, but I just, there was, like, no way I could actually make it happen. So after I tried for, like, two days straight to beat the boss battle, I couldn't do it. So I just put in a cheat that uh, gives you God mood. Boo. I know. I was. I, I, I'm a little bit ashamed, but I did not feel like at this point. Like I have a weird thing with RPGs. Once I get this far, if I come across a situation like this, like I really cannot force myself to backtrack. Like I just can't stand doing it. So I was like, well, either I don't find out like what happens when you beat the game, or I like just put in <laughs> just suck up all of my self-respect and put in God mode and beat it that way. So I did. And the ending was good. Uh, I apparently just... Are you going to cheat your way through the expansion when that comes out too? (laughs) No, I'm not expecting to cheat my way through that also. Uh, I did also play, uh, Westerado, which I beat. Have you, uh, have you seen much about this game? (laughs) I didn't cheat on that one. Did you, do you know anything about this game, Blake? Uh, Westerado, I don't, think i do it's a pretty fun game it's so it's a, this is a newer game uh it's it's an adult swim game uh jay jay's saying he has to go jay you can say bye we already hung up all right well yeah we're <laughs> gonna go click so yeah we're wrapping up anyway so anyway westerado uh it's it's an it's a it's an adult swim game uh and it's really good you're like so so the graphic style is like retro it's like one of these kind of like neo retro looking games uh and you're a cowboy and you're somebody like killed your whole family and you're out to find the person who uh, killed your family so it's kind of like sort of the map style like the the perspective is sort of like 
uh, like the original Zelda game where it's it's not really it's not really top down, but it might as well be. Uh, and then like you you'll ha- you'll have one area that you're walking around in, and then you like get to the uh, get to the edge of the screen and you go over like another area on the map. That's that's how the whole game is laid out. And so throughout the map, there are, like, a few different towns, and then there's, like, other... There's, like, a... It's, it's not, like, a huge map, um, but it's, like, big enough to where you can keep exploring for a little while and keep things uh, ger- generally interesting. And what you do... So you're trying to find the guy who killed your family, and whenever you, like, do, like, a chore for somebody or, like, talk to somebody and convince them to, like, give you information, they'll be like, oh, you know what? I, okay, so thanks for helping me out. I heard about this guy who, uh, you know, burned down your ranch, uh, he had a, like, he had red pants. And so in your journal, there's this picture of a cowboy. And all aspects of him are, like, cycling through and just changing, like, constantly. Like, when you pull him up, like, every, like, half a second, it changes to something else. Like, you know, like, brown pants, red pants, uh, big hat, little hat, red hat, uh, vest, no vest, scarf, no scarf, green scarf, that kind of stuff. And when somebody tells you, okay, he had he, he wears red pants, then that part of the picture stays, and it just stays red forever. Uh, and so you put together pieces. As you do more and more, you put together the pieces of how he looked, and you get like a more clear picture of, uh, of what the guy looked like to where you eventually have a picture or you have it close enough to where you think you can guess. And then once you know what this guy looks like, then you go around and you try to find him. And he could just be, it's, that part of the game is randomly done, so you kind of have to go around the map and just keep doing stuff until you happen to see this guy. Which, again, isn't too painful because the map is not enormous. It's kind of like just big enough to, to work this way. Um, and so, like, the gameplay is, like, it's funny because you can go up and talk to anybody at any time, and you can accuse anybody you want of being the killer. <laughs> and so you can just go up and, like, talk to some random person, and, like, one of your options is, it was you who did it! And, like, you can do that to anybody. They'll just be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you need to get out of my face right now. Or, like, what are you talking about? Maybe they'll run off. And uh, it's really open to where, like, you can go into the bank, for instance, and you can deposit deposit money into the bank if you want so you don't lose it, uh, like, when you die. Or you can just talk to the banker and, and get a task from him. Or another thing you can do when you're talking to other characters is you always have the option to pull your gun on them. And so, if you're talking to the banker, then you pull your gun on him, and then you just rob the bank, and you walk back into the back room, and you, like, pick up all the bags of money, but then when you come out, the entire town's trying to kill you. So, uh, (laughs) so, obviously there's trade-offs to doing things like that, but it's, but it's, but it's pretty fun, it keeps things interesting, and another fun thing about it is when you're fighting, uh, or when you're, when you're, like, in, like, a gun, like a, like a shootout with, with somebody or with multiple people, as, in, as is the case a lot of, a lot of times, you have to pull your gun out, then you press another button to cock it, and then you press that same button to shoot it. Uh, and you just have, like, a revolver, so once you've shot six bullets, then you have to manually, you have to, like, press the L trigger to manually reload each individual bullet. So it's not like you just jump in and go guns blazing and shooting, it's like you jump in, and then, like, you got to pull your gun out and then make sure you cock it and shoot it and then, like, cock it and run around and, like, dodge the bullets for a little bit and then shoot it again. Uh, it makes it, it makes, the, the controls make the gun battles <laughs> kind of a little bit more hectic and a little bit more fun. Yeah, that just, like, crazy. Eight. Yeah, it's pretty fun. You should check it out. Um, I, 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 it, it's, 
it's the type of game that I could that I would see you liking. Um, and aside from that, I think all I've been playing is uh, a couple other games that games that I'm working on for the podcast. Cool. Which so is, now that that's it's fine because we're nearing the three hour mark. It looks like. yeah, we're nearing the three hour mark. So uh, I live, and I have to wake up in five hours. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a it's a good good podcast, guys. Good good podcast. Jeez, that was that was a wordy one. There was a lot that happened recently. There was a lot uh, between yeah. me playing Metal Gear Solid Three oh <laughs> and E Three and me playing through six games and trying to like auctioneer talk my way through them. I play one game, and I play one game, and I gotta do one game. Go one game at a time. Go one time, one time, done. Second game, second game. Uh, got robots. Uh, done. <laughs> it's been it's been a fun couple weeks for us. And then us getting more emails than we've ever gotten. Also, yeah, that uh, yeah. Again, thank you everybody for the emails and the tweets. That yep, we was uh, it. that was a real treat. Absolutely, email us. At mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Follow us at Class Gamescast on Twitter. Uh, you can check out Blake at twitch.tv slash slackerholicus. Also, hey, shout outs to the Kronos for dropping by my stream the other day. All right, there you go. Yeah, he dropped in from the podcast and I was like, hey! Oh, sweet. Oh, nice. Promoing is actually working on the podcast. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, I think I'm going to go so I don't pass out during the podcast. That would be uh, for the best, yeah. We uh, Do we know our top three for the next one? We had an idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do the top reverse three, of what it, we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so top three well, games that have aged very well. Yeah, top three games that have aged very well. Okay, so anybody out there listening, if you catch this, hit us up on Twitter, email us with some of your games that you think have aged uh, extremely well. All right, and I think that does it. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) It's too delayed. I'll keep it in anyway. Eh, hold on.